to see for yourselves one of the most amazing events. When is this great experiment for me? Impervious to heat, impossible to move. Is it human or inhuman? Gentlemen, do you realize what we've found? It's time for the Beaky Drummy Podcast. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. Hello, and welcome to the Geeky Brummy Podcast. Joining me today, Mr. Keith Bluebird. Hello, Ryan. And uh, Mr. Lee Price. Hello. That's it. Yes. We've just got the three of us. Laura is currently arguing with the Guardian over buses, I think. Hey, but rather her than me. Yeah. Guy's sitting at a desk wishing he was here. And Phil and Callum are still missing. <laughs> <laughs> We're maintaining that story. <laughs> so, how are we all? Uh, Keith, what have you been up to last week or so? Oh, I love this question every week. <laughs> <laughs> Trying Same. to think of the exciting things that I've done. Um, Shall I go with the mundane stuff? Yeah, I'll go with the mundane stuff. I um, bought a suit for reasons, yes. uh, which is made me feel incredibly uncomfortable. Just like um, the first suit you've owned for a long period. This is probably the first suit, the pro- pro- first proper suit I've owned in uh, 14, 15 years, possibly a bit longer. It probably is even longer because I think the kind of smart attire I wore before was kind of like chinos and a jacket that I'd found at some thrift store somewhere. Uh, but this is actually a proper three-piece jobby. Is it like the full John Wick? It's not, co- it's not as cool as a John Wick one. It's in navy because with my complexion, I, don't, I couldn't, I can't, um, I can't, I can't um, carry a black suit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it should be all right. I mean, obviously no ties still, which mm. is quite good. Um and various kind of uh, uh, odd jobs around the house, spares and repairs kind of thing. Uh, Not as in odd jobs from the James Bond. No, no, I haven't haven't (laughs) been throwing bowler hats at British spies uh, for any reason. Various sinister henchmen just lurking in corners of the house. Yeah, well, I do feel that there is a distinct lack of bowler hats in the country at the moment. Really, I think it should have been something that the Brexit people kind of did. Was like, not only will we make Britain great again, we'll make everybody wear bowler hats. Well, I think it started with the blue passports, and they're going to work regressively <sighs> backwards. Bowler hats, yes. Canes. Yes. I mean, you know, obviously gesturing wildly at a taxi with your umbrella. Yeah, we can all be John Steed. Every man in the country needs to look like John Steed. Yes, which would be quite cool. Uh, I quite fancy that. Although I can't carry a hack because I've got an oddly shaped head. So I'm at real disadvantage here in, well, in the kind of smart stakes. Well, you had the two levels of, or three levels of British society then, didn't you? You had, you had the flat cap and tweed jackets. You had the bowler hats. And then you had the people who were too rich to wear headwear. Or they had top hats. Yes. For a second I thought you were going to say too rich to wear clothes. And I was like, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> Which part of British history was this? <laughs> The, the rather decadent kind of uh, yes. Solange type ones, yeah. But I did see on your in- internet profile that you went to see the third part of the How to Train Your Dragon. Oh yeah, I did. I did. We went to see that. Um, it was great. It was great. It was. It was. Um, it, it was a good third part to a good trilogy. Overall, it was kind of good. I think uh, this one. Yeah. There was a lot going on uh, to get them to the end of the story. But it was good because you invested with these characters. I mean, I've been going with my kids since the first one, so that's like 10 years. Yeah, because um, I know with 
the first one there was quite a lot of controversy because it completely departed from the oh, book the, that series. was the best thing about it. Yeah, is that it was it was character names and uh, and a bright basic premise, but it completely went in its own direction. Uh, but the, the guys that did it, they'd worked previously on um, Lilo and Stitch. Yeah. So I kind of like the design aesthetic and all the rest of it. Yeah. I think it was a, it's a good little trilogy, and I think adults and kids get a lot out of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, Toothless as a character is kind of like the cuddly dragon, isn't he? Everybody seems to want him. It's a great design. Mm-hmm. It's it's a beautiful design. It is very stitchy. Yeah. In the design, big mouth kind Same of um, cats ears. And cats originally, I think, <laughs> <laughs> to like get that kind of style and feel of him. You see. Anybody brave enough to mo-cap a cat? Yeah. I was about to say, how do you get the suit on a cat? <laughs> it's like, what the... Yeah, you can tell the bloke who did it because he's covered in scratches, <laughs> bleeding all over the place and looks traumatised. I bleed for my art. It's like, <laughs> yeah, they're in the suits. Yeah, it's like, good. Oh, that's not the cat we wanted to get in the suit. Yeah. Well, I think there is like an entire legion of black cats with green eyes called Toothless now. Right? Uh, mm-hmm. So we're just... That's automatically the name now if you have a black cat, apparently it's Toothless. Mm, I'm not sure I would go with that, really, because they're generally not toothless, oh, no. which is kind of like a... Are you thinking of the cat from Speed of the Teenage Witch? Or yeah, obviously you're going to go Salem, or you're yeah. going to go you know, with something else. Well, if it has blonde, if it has blonde eyes, you have to be Salem. Green eyes, well, toothless. Maybe we can get two. Yeah, two. Yeah, that's just asking for trouble, that is. <laughs> See, the thing I learned when we had cats when I was a kid is you need two of them because they'll spend more time pissing each other off. Yeah, that, that than I they do pissing the I family have, off. I have two cats, can confirm. <laughs> See, we have a cat and a dog, and the cat just annoys the dog. Are they of similar size? No, they're distinctly different in size. <laughs> the cat is significantly smaller than the dog, but she I've doesn't seen, care. Because seeing it, if you have a cat and a dog of the similar size as well, the cat will rule. Oh yeah, the cat. I think cats will rule regardless of the size of the dogs, yeah. um, because they're just that kind of like. I'll just sit on the side of the set, hey, wait for you to go past, and I'm gonna smack your head, <laughs> or I'm gonna hide behind the door, wait for you to come through, and then I'm gonna jump you with my claws out. Oh, oh, you've just put some change on the table. Let me just bat that off into the like, the darkest recess. Oh yeah, I was having to re rewire um, some Venetian blinds yeah. that I've got. The cable snapped. So I was trying to do this. And the cat distinctly thought that this was a time to go, oh, yeah, that's for me to play with. <laughs> and you just go, just get up. No, get off, get off. Stop chasing it. it and you it, can't even um, get him out of the room, can you? Because it's going like a ball of just fur and claws. Oh, yeah. It's like a 20-minute job became a two-and-a-half-hour epic. <laughs> but talking of cats, I believe Nate and Ashley are trying to get their cat nominate for BBC Sports Person. Oh, I've seen this. Year. I've seen, I've seen this on Twitter, yeah. <laughs> so Nate's wife actually is tweeting BBC Sports every day, yeah. constantly, trying to say that Mr. Turkey Licks, I can't even remember his proper name. <laughs> yeah. that, that's not his proper name? No, it's Turkey Legs and Trousers and weird things that they call him, but they want him nominated as BBC Sports. I've noticed that they've kind of escalated it to photoshopping the cat in, onto actual sports people. Yes. But well, that's the thing, it's sports personality, so it doesn't actually have to be yeah. human. I mean, they might change the rules after this year, <laughs> possibly. But, you know, I'm just trying to get over the di- the dilemma of the two words in that sentence being put next to each other. But, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, why not give it to a cat? Or, yeah. or, but if not, maybe they should uh, nominate it for BBC Midlands Today's Unsung Sporting Hero. Hmm. 
Because then we could nominate it. Yeah. That would be awesome because it doesn't have to be like a celebrity. It's like, what's your cat done? Oh, my cat's trained uh, over 600 small children in how to play volleyball over the years. Um, you know, she's done a good job. It's brilliant. They've gone on to be uh, pretty good volleyball players. It, it's the airbud ruling. There's nothing in the rules that says a dog can't play basketball. So... So this, this confused me as a child because you had all those movies, you had Airbud and everything, then the Mighty Ducks came out and those little humans. It's like this doesn't work. I think it was com- even more confusing because I think wasn't there a cartoon with actual ducks as well? Yes. Yeah. I'm just going like, what are you doing with this? <laughs> anyway, anything else exciting? I'm just trying to think. I was using that that that, that uh, talk of ducks to think. What else have I done this week? I'm thinking. No, no. I mean. I think since the last recording, I went to see uh, the Wombats play live as well, which is pretty good. Terrible venue they yes. played in Birmingham. Birmingham needs to up its game in music venues because they're pretty trash. Birmingham has two types of music venues. It has the full-on NIA, Genting Arena, mm-hmm. massive yeah. stage show, and then like pubs and nothing in between. Mm. Yeah. Well, th- th- there's, a, there's a certain branded academy... Uh, is it venue. the same one that has an institute as well, possibly? Yeah, which at least is slightly better. Yeah. That one's that has got a decent space, but this this terrible monstrosity that used to be the dome yes. um, is like. I mean, it was a terrible nightclub in the first place, but to turn it into the a first nightclub we ever went to was when it was the dome two. When it was the dome two, Ooh, you you whippersnappers. <laughs> yeah, I've come, I'm I've been trying to figure out what it used to be called before it was the dome, because I went before it was the dome. Viv and it was, was something else before my, it was my the dome. I was talking to me about this because it used to be one of those drink, dinner, and a show kind of venues. Yeah. It wasn't a nightclub. It was like you'd go and have dinner and then like a stage yeah. show would go. I'm, I'm fairly certain it became a kind of nightclub for a while. Yeah. And then it became the dome, which, which its big feature was it actually had a kind of geodesic dome built inside of it. Uh, it was not great. Um, but at that time, I was going to clubs for one reason and one reason only, and failing spectacularly. <laughs> I think we've all so, had yeah. <laughs> And then, kind of by that time, you know, you always had the uh, the uh, snobs as your fallback position of going, yeah, we're, just, we're not chasing anybody around. Uh, we're going to go to a club to just listen to music. Yes. Uh, which is why snobs is always the place for and me. And then you had the DJ standing proud above the desk. Listening to inane requests for the same song. <laughs> Sorry, just the way you use the term "standing proud" just seems totally. <laughs> Guy's not here this week. <laughs> I've been trying to be properly. I'm actually trying to find it. Keith's taking it upon himself. To yeah, like easily <laughs> replaced Guy. Um, so I've, I've looked on our local newspaper's website, and they have the history of clubbing in the '90s, the '80s, and the '70s. So clubbing in the '90s was Pulse nightclub. I, okay, Zanzibar, Oceana. These these are all ones that are really new, yes. not not old. You know, we need something late seventies, eighties. The works which I used to go to. Yeah, the Dome Two. What was it before the Dome Two? So the Dome Two. The Dome opened in nineteen eighty five. It was previously called the Night Out. The Night Out. That's it. <laughs> that's the one. So there you go. So that was like your dinner and a show venue from mm-hmm. like it was a hangover from like the fifties and sixties kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, most of my clubbing happened in Worcester because that's where I was at uni. So 
most of this I'm like, I don't know. When I was at college, we used to go clubbing in Bromsgrove. And there was oh, a gosh. nightclub called Angels, and it was the only nightclub in Bromsgrove. <laughs> so I was like, basically lived that far south in Birmingham. I was like, on the edge of Birmingham before it became Bromsgrove District. I, I've, I've been out in Redditch. I know. I can kind of imagine the experience. <laughs> <laughs> You see the same 150 people on repeat mm-hmm. every week for eternity. Mm-hmm. And you pretty much end up don't liking most of them. <laughs> but I used to I used to love Mosley Dance Centre as well. Yeah. Did that you was okay. Mosley Dance Centre? Once or twice. It was a really cheap night in and beer was delivered in cans. There was no draft at all. It was no. a can of Red Stripe. And it was really weird set because it was benches all around the big dance hall. It was basically a school hall. Yeah. Uh, really, they, they just moved so the gym a... equipment to the side and let you dance in so it. So was, it was a school disco, but you pay for it. Yeah. And it serves alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. It was half expecting teachers to be wandering around, like ensuring that you were dancing yeah. at arm's length. Yeah. Make room for Jesus. <laughs> anyway, Lee, what have you been up to this week? Um, oh, not a lot, to be honest. But um, uh, this week we've had. Um, had to deal with some politics in my D and D group, which is always fun. Ooh. So basically, every because um, I'm part, I'm, the group I'm part of is part of the Birmingham Central Role Players Club. All right. Happens, um, every week, uh, so it's a sort of large club. I think there's about seventy people in it now, or something like that, and just lots of different tables. Um, and every year they have like the big annual general meeting to ensure everything's being run and everything. And that was. That happened this week, and it was like... Just checking your orcs are in a row. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone basically just putting themselves forward for, like, <laughs> committee positions and things like this, and it just... So, for the whole week, my Facebook notifications have just been like, this person's posted on the group, uh, and here's, like, their politician's pitch. And I'm just like, oh, good, it's another one of these. <laughs> why, why I should be treasurer of the D&D society. Yeah, there was, there was a few of those... Um, I think is it a dragon that wants to be treasurer? Please tell me what this no, is. So I can just imagine them hoarding all the wealth yeah. and like lying on top of it. And, and to sort of show just how, because it is just a members club basically. It's like it's not, you know, a proper sort of big organisation or anything. And you can kind of tell when it turned out that a big chunk of the people who put in nominations for themselves on Facebook found out on the day that they weren't actually eligible to be nominated because they hadn't been at the club long enough. <laughs> no one knew. One of those societies. Yeah. <laughs> See, I'd just gone instantly to kind of the Terry Pratchett thing, and it was all yeah. about like equal rights for goblins and things. <laughs> you know. I, I wish it had been that because the meeting. I just kind of. I think I lost the will to live for most of it. <laughs> it's one of those things where like you've got seventy people in a room, and everyone's got an opinion on what's happening, and everyone needs to express that opinion. I always. It, the one thing that always gets me with meetings like that is when you get. Everybody's done, everybody's vented, everybody's calm, mm-hmm. everybody's decided, everybody's happy, you've ready to one move person. on, and then the one person pipes up and it all starts over again. Yeah. It should be, surely, in a, in a D&D kind of, like, nominations type thing, you have the nominations, but surely they, that you win by, like, it's a roll of three <laughs> D20s. Who gets the highest roll? Uh, yeah. Oh, 36, no. I think that, that was the problem, though, because... This meeting went on for so long, so much of the the time allocated to us that we barely got to roll any dice. <laughs> I think we got about ten minutes of actual game in. You are trapped in a room with a bunch of other people who can't decide on the politics of the situation. What do you do? 
Roll it. Roll three dice roll to three. determine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're trapped forever. No. The problem you're is, in an endless cycle. The problem is because that went on, the voting went on for so long. We actually have more meet in work next week because of the actual agenda we never got to it <laughs> so part of me kind of now wants to bring this to the meeting and just say can we just roll for it <laughs> it's a role playing I, I just love the idea that politics in whatever form is yeah. always the same mm-hmm. regardless see the ancient Greeks had it very it was basically it was a reverse lottery system for mm-hmm. the democratic government and it was like it's been judged as like this is the best version of democracy ever because it was everybody was eligible Mm -hmm. and it was a complete lottery and you got shoved into government for a year basically (laughs) you you didn't have a choice you you went into (coughs) government for a year i think that's how it should be now i would have so much fun doing that i i I don't i'm not sure that a lottery open to all and whoever gets drawn gets to run things for i mean could it be worse than our current situation Mm. i think not see that's not the way to win me over (laughs) instantly you go well actually pros and cons (laughs) I think it should be like that. There, it should be a kind of like citizens. Citizens should get the same. There's a whole ridiculousness of our current voting system with the whole past the vote system. But isn't democracy supposed to be the fact that our elected representatives represent the views of the people? But they don't represent rather, the views. Of the rather people. than the twenty-five percent of the four percent that did. They represent the views of the people who fill up their bank account. Yeah. But that's yeah. the problem. We'd like to represent those people who are obviously wrong. Um, even though we know they're wrong, and we're still going to drive this bus off the end of the pier. I think we should get away from politics. <laughs> Welcome to political brewery. We've, yeah, we've taken a slight diversion. Anyway, Lee, yes. what else have you been up to this um, week? I've uh, probably I've been playing some more games stuff. I've uh, been working through Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Uh, Is it any good? It's pretty good. I think it's got a lot of the same problems that I've had with the last two. As well, I think, because I've been a Tomb Raider fan for since the very, very first one. Please say no dinosaurs is one of the problems. Uh, because... No dinosaurs is one of the problems. Yes, why aren't there dinosaurs in modern? <laughs> um, I think it's just the fact that like they've tried to make it more kind of open world style. Doesn't got really these... work for that. Kind yeah, of thing. and I think you kind of end up just part of the the fun of the old games was this sort of feeling of discovery and you know you. You're figuring your way out through these ancient places, but like it kind of doesn't have the same effect if all the ancient places are stuffed off to the side of a village. Yeah, uh, which is basically oh the look, d- this temple that nobody's discovered for fifty and five minutes years. away. There's a, there's actually like a whole settlement of people <laughs> yes. living there, and you get side missions and stuff from them. It seems to have followed like the Far Cry format. Mm-hmm. Seems like when Far Cry Four came out, it seems to be very similar mm-hmm. kind of setup to that, where it's basically you'll go to a camp, mm-hmm. you'll solve the camp. You now own the camp. People you like move into the camp. Yeah. Move on to the next area. And all the people that have moved into the camp have serious issues they want you to sort <laughs> out. <laughs> yes. I've forgotten to hand my pigs in. Can you find them all, please? <laughs> I need 50 medallions which haven't been found for 50,000 years. Can you go and find them all scattered over this entire field? I know they're there, but I can't be asked to go myself. Um, I think... Uh, what else was there that... I was thinking with it. Oh, one thing I do like about it, though, is that they have put more actual tombs in it. Yeah. Because that's been the serious problem with the last two. I felt was just it's like in the uh, the re- the original reboot that they did. It was just lots of wild areas, and 
not a lot of actual ancient sites to go to and they, you know it's supposed to be this sort of ancient Japanese island and I barely saw any Japanese culture in the game yeah. and it was mostly military bases in the last yeah. one as well and I was like okay but this I one because they've gone the first one had a bit more of that balance to yeah. where it's kind of like here's some ancient Japanese masks mm. whereas this this one they a lot of it is Mayan temples and that's exactly what I want to see in a Tomb Raider game is ancient yeah. sites and tombs to raid funnily enough I don't know I'm wondering whether I would actually go out and buy a military base explorer game <laughs> It's like you just wander around. <laughs> I still have two major issues as well. One is the naming that has been mm. for this series. So you had Tomb Raider, then Rise of the Tomb, Tomb Raider, Raider yeah. and now Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's your Planet of the Apes type yes. naming in it, really. <laughs> and the, the, the problem I have with it is because I've got like all my games on shelves in alphabetical order, I'm like, where the hell does this go? Because I like to have series together. <laughs> Steam is the worst for that. Yeah. The virtual video game collection will never be in an order. Yeah. Star Wars games especially. Mm-hmm. It's where you'll end up with Knights of the Old Republic is completely separate to any of the Star Wars games. Because yeah. they've got Star Wars at the front of it. Yeah, why can't we go back to the idea of, you know, it's, it's Chucky Egg 1 and Chucky Egg 2 and yes. Chucky Egg 3. Chucky Egg for the return, or <laughs> yeah. whatever it is. No, everything's got to be Origins or uh, Chronicles yeah. or or four. Four is the current number. Birth of Chucky Egg, yes. the cracking of Chucky Egg. My other issue with every single kind of Tomb Raider game is who lights the torches. Hmm. Same with Nathan Drake series. Who goes around <laughs> the head of the Tomb Raider and lights the torches? I would like somebody to make an indie game of basically your Torch Raider, where your job is to go ahead of the hero and like set the areas up and set up the so Tomb Raider like Torchlighter. It's kind of like that um, visceral clean up, clean up game. I yes. can't remember the name of it, but um, uh, it was the Shadow Warrior one, wasn't it? Yeah, basically. like and basically you are just like you're the guy who has to clean up the spaceship after like the aliens killed everyone. <laughs> Yeah, because I remember they did the Shadow. It was a Shadow Warrior special version. They did okay. it was basically like the first level of the Shadow Warrior game, and you're like having to go around and pick up all the body parts and mop them. <laughs> <laughs> it was Viscera Cleanup or something. Yeah, something yeah. Like I think it was in VR it's worth as well. Up on Steam, I think yeah. it's quite a fun game if you ever played it. But I'd like the prequel version of that. Mm-hmm. But uh, another problem I've had with the the Ultimate Raiders, which fortunately. Uh, this one has solved just with its difficulty options is the fact that Lara never shuts up and this is especially bad when you go into like the challenge tombs and you've got all the puzzles to solve and Lara just walks in and goes okay this is how I solve the puzzle and I'm like thanks Lara I went to figure that out myself fortunately because this one's got the difficulty options you can turn puzzle difficulty up to hard she stays quiet <laughs> and that's fine <laughs> yep this one's too difficult for me I'll leave it to you no, I think Camilla Ludington actually has done a quite nice job of being like the new voice of Lara I have issues with her performance I think there's like I think she she relies on the two basically oh I'm such a fragile little she element she sounds a little bit bored sometimes and I yeah. think her performance gets worse as the series goes on um, still better than Alyssa Vikander in the movies. Mm. I still think that I still think that Keely Hawes was the best voice for Lara Croft. Yes, yes, yeah, so. she was a very good voice. Haven't we been down this Keely Hawes Tomb Raider voice um, we Warren before? Yeah. And there's a lot of grunting and groaning. And, <laughs> yes, yeah, that's a good that's a good noise. But that's <laughs> a side issue. I'm surprised somebody's not recut old Camilla Ludington's grunts and groans. Yeah. Like that yet. I'm sure there probably is a YouTube video somewhere where somebody's already done that. Probably, yes. 
So what about yourself, yes. Ryan? I've actually had a week off work. A week? An entire week off work. Uh, yeah. It has been Chinese New Year, so regular listeners will know that my wife is Chinese. So uh, her brother came over from Jersey for the week. So we're basically just chilling around, having a relax in the week. It's been nice to be out and about in the weekdays. Except for old people everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Which is really stupid. Musical interlude? Yeah. Get down. Get down, Boogie. It's one of those old people coming in. Um, have you done anything specifically New Year-y, though? Uh, we had New Year's Eve dinner around with his mum and dad's. We went for dim sum, which is basically the best thing ever. So 11, 12 o'clock, it is like Chinese brunch, basically. Mm. But you have 20 to 30 different dishes. Mm-hmm. And as I am a pig, and it is the year of the pig, it felt very appropriate for me to pig out on this food. I once did some work with um, a social media company and they actually did social media for one of the, the local uh, dim sum places Yeah, and they just gave us free dim sum one, one day <laughs> so just the office was just dim sum and it was great I'm sure we've got I'm sure this could lead to if Guy was here it would lead to another discussion about samosas but <laughs> well he was updating us on these samosa watch this yes week, he was, was. <laughs> yeah he was 5-3 he was down wasn't he on last case against the yeah. temp of all people that's shocking. That's shocking. That's so furious as well. But that's the thing. If you're a temp in an office, you have no qualms. Mm-hmm. You know you're not going to be there long term. Yeah. You'd make the best of the situation. If somebody's offering free samosas, you will take advantage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was disappointed that Guy didn't up his game, though. Like, yeah. was, I, was, I was thinking he'd, he'd let a side down there. Yeah. Seriously. That, um, I think he should have gone for six. Yeah, because he was so angry about the five being taken. I was expecting him to just write, okay. <laughs> Now I see how this is. I, I can imagine his steely-eyed glare as he eats samosas. I can just now I'm just picturing the two of them standing by the samosas, keeping eye contact the entire time while they're eating samosas. Yeah, <laughs> I got the feeling that this this temp is, is now in serious trouble and that the situation's escalated because this is this is the, the the man who has what puts people's coffee cards in jello yes. and all the rest of it so I'm thinking this is this is not going to be the end of the situation there should be there's going to be serious repercussions it's going to be like that episode if you've ever read the Red Dwarf books is when you have the two versions of Brimmer and they're basically like glaring at each other whilst one of them eats mints and a tape on his leg and the other one is surreptitiously stuffing bald sweets out of his pocket whilst coughing it's kind of like they'd just be like that mean as not to give each other sweets but they're both still eating sweets and they don't realise but yes I uh, went to Botanical Gardens as well which is a really nice little spot in Birmingham if you've never been I really do suggest you go and check it out it's kind of cool, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've never been to it. I've been meaning to go at some point, but yeah, it's a little bit. It was a little bit chilly. And it was a bit of a misty morning, which actually looked quite nice. The photography, but their hot house is really cool as well. Yeah, it's not the place for chilly people that wear glasses. No, because you just go. I can't. We can not see for ten minutes. <laughs> it's like um, opening the oven door, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> it's like suddenly I am no longer able to see. <laughs> I did that multiple times this week. Open the other door and then just gone. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like, where do, where that, yeah, yeah, that kind of few minutes where you just stand there going, "Yeah, well, that's that's, this that's is my life I'm doing." <laughs> and people go, "Oh, why don't you take them off?" And you go, "Because uh, <laughs> that improves things so significantly." Now everything's just a, a colourful blur. Yes. We also went bowling. Oh, yeah, cool. Yes. Where is our local bowling alley these Hollywood days? Hollywood Bowl at Broadway Plaza. Oh, yeah. Which is the old Birmingham Children's Hospital for many, many, many years ago. But they have rock climbing up there. And they had Time Crisis 5. 
brought back memories. Mm. But it's you weird. Now. There was a fifth one. Yeah, it's all weird now. It has two pedals. You mm. don't have to move between. Oh yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like I, I want the giant one pedal and then press the button and it goes yeah. machine gun and then you're like yeah. Do they still have the Star Wars Pod Racer game up there? No, it's gone. Have they now. gone? It's been replaced by a Jurassic World machine, mm. which is one of those where you basically sit in the car with a gun. Like the car moves okay. along and Be like the um, Walking Dead one yeah. that I've seen. That's quite good. I think it's like the only arcade left in Birmingham except yeah. for Kongs. We need a good arcade. Yeah. Do you, do you, you used to love the, the Baskin Robbins on um, New Street that used to have the basement that was full of yes. video games. It's still cool. full of games, but now they're gambling games. Yeah, slotties. Mm. I don't like slotters. No. That's pretty much what a lot of arcades have just become now. It's just. Yeah. Here's all the gambling machines. No, no, arcade should instantly sound like Defender. Space Invaders and Pac-Man. This is why Japan was great. Yeah. Arcades everywhere. Yeah. Well, the thing is, they have like the best model of that there because mm-hmm. you pay on entry and then it's like all games are free play and that's the best way to have it. Oh, yeah, that's, not the way, that's not the way it was when yeah. I was over there. No. Oh, like, I, I literally just wandered into a few arcades and just wandered around. Did you play Pachinko? I did not play, play Pachinko. I did wander into a Pachinko parlor out of curiosity and immediately walked out because I was just <laughs> like, this is way too much noise. I cannot deal with this. <laughs> It's it's like the most complicated game ever, Pachinko. And it's like the way that they're laid out as well is the worst because they've got these really narrow lines between the machines because they've just tried to stuff as many machines into the space yes. as possible. They're not designed for gentle mice, <laughs> statue, basically. Um, and then there was, but like I, when it came to the Japanese arcades, I couldn't. I I, I saw people playing some of yeah. the games, things like like Guitar Freaks and Beat Mania yeah. and stuff like that, and I was like. I'd love to have a go at that, but seeing all these Japanese people playing these games, I would look ri- ridiculous next to them because they're just like stuff's whizzing by and they're like just hitting everything perfectly. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to do this because I'm just going to embarrass myself. <laughs> I had enough trouble playing Dragon's Lair where I had to do one thing every two minutes. Ah, oh, no. Yeah, I've seen somebody play both DDR machines at the same time on their own. It's like, how are you doing this? This is not humanly possible. That's just insane. Anyway, time to get on with the show. Right, apparently there's a big sporty thing in America, either side of a Maroon 5 concert, weirdly. Mm-hmm. There's lots of angry people going on about SpongeBob Online. That's all I've taken away from this event. It's completely passed me by. <laughs> yeah, I think it was something to do with... some. I think someone had said there was going to be a SpongeBob tribute, which some people interpreted as Maroon 5 were going to play Sweet Victory from SpongeBob. Yeah. But... It turned out it was going to be they were showing the actual song on a screen for like, three seconds. But I think I think the reason for that I think in the actual venue they showed the full thing. Yeah. But I think the TV they didn't have the rights to show the full thing. Ah. So that's why it cut away to like a, just an ident thing. Because so it wasn't like some rapper came down in a comment no. or something randomly at this point. Yeah. It was basically like there was a massive. Because Stephen Hillenberg, who created SpongeBob, mm-hmm. we talk about it a few weeks ago on the show. He yeah, passed, passed away, mm-hmm. unfortunately, this year from ALS. So it was kind of like the Sweet Victory episode, was mm-hmm. like a big episode of SpongeBob. So they thought it would just be a nice tribute to like mm-hmm. Sweet And the internet has been rioting over the fact that the full version of Sweet Victory was not played. Mm-hmm. As the internet is wont to do. I think I remember some Szechuan sauce a few years ago creating oh, a topic. Yeah. Well, they've just. Would it have been worse if Maroon 5 had played it? 
Yes, exactly. <laughs> so those small th- victories there. Folks. Exactly, small the three-second clip you got was better than what could have happened there. <laughs> I like it. How apparently the supporting actor, the supporting musicians, are actually better than the main act, according to. I mean, that's else. not surprising. It's Maroon Five. Well, it's like <laughs> one half of Outcast, i.e., the one half that nobody knows, and he's still better than Maroon Five. Yeah. Anyway, there was also some trailers dropped out, which. We used to do an annual roundup of in our superb owl trailer talk show. Yeah. Smashing ball yes. type thing. Yeah. But we don't get them. They don't show them in the TV slots here, no. do they? No, we just get them on Yow Chowms. Yeah. Like, usually the day before nowadays. Mm-hmm. I should really watch it live and, and to see what it is in Britain they put on during this, during this uh, owl related thing. Is it, you know, it going to be for some bleach thing? Or is it Silly Bang? <laughs> it's probably something like Colin Murray. Chatting crap for ten minutes. Yeah. Whilst the adverts go. Gladstone Brooks, have you had a personal injury? <laughs> That's one thing that always gets me. Was like when how many advert breaks there are during a normal NFL game. Just in in terms of uh, American TV in general. In yeah. Fact. But apparently, like an NFL game, even though it like lasts three hours, there's only usually about twenty minutes of actual playing it. Because mm-hmm. yeah. every time the ball touches the floor, they swap teams. Yeah, yeah. Like the entire offensive line and defensive lines comes off of each team and swap over. Yeah. And it's like, how long does that take to like, mm-hmm. just get through a normal game? I really don't understand the rules of that sport. No. From what I've seen of it, every time I hear more about it, I get more confused. Yeah. And it's not football; it's handig. Yeah. Just for any American listeners, this is handig. Yeah, it's kind of rugby. Yeah. Kind of rugby. Rugby and armour. It's yeah. rugby with sponsorship. Yeah. Lots and lots of sponsorship. Yeah, they should just rename it uh, John Madden. And just, <laughs> that's it. We all know what you mean. Yeah. It's what the games are called. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Anyway, trailers. Starts off probably the biggest one, even though we're all going to go and watch it anyway. End game. I'm not. What? I don't like superhero stuff at all. Like I've watched a couple of like I watched the first Avengers movie. I watched the first Iron Man. It does nothing for me. So I don't hate it. It just does nothing for me. Horses for courses. <laughs> it's fine. That's all good. So I will. You show the side of your character you did not know. <laughs> so you know, it's like when when based on our schedule with when we're doing the Avengers Endgame thing, I will be sitting that one out because I would be. It's going to be the, the bombshell that was revealed shortly where <laughs> Lee reveals to us his favourite film is Super Mario Brothers or something. Okay. <laughs> no, no. It's, the, it's the upcoming Sonic the Hedgehog movie. You've <laughs> yeah. been looking forward to that already. It's, it's all about the eyes for me. Uh, yeah, it's good. VIP cinema pass right in the yeah. centre. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Uh, no, well, apparently, because we've apparently been told that nothing we see in the trailers. Uh, happens outside of the first 15 minutes. Well, I think that's pretty blatant because Captain Marvel hasn't shown up in any of the trailers yet. Yeah. Even though we know she's going to be appearing at some point. Yeah. But um, I, um, it was 30 seconds. I want to know what Captain America, given Captain America the heebie-jeebies, because he's shaking when he puts his shield on. He's old, isn't he? He's cold. He's <laughs> just a bit shaky. Is he getting a bit of PTSD, do you think? Po- mm, possibly. Well, I mean, you know, it's a pretty traumatic event to have happened that half of the population of the entire universe has suddenly disappeared. Uh, I've been reading up about this online. Apparently, according to the Russos, it's half of all life, not even just sentient life. So it's apparently half the trees and the glass and the flowers and everything's gone. Really? Yeah. That's pretty significant. Yeah. Because that's going to cause you a 
bit of a global catastrophe. Yes. Uh, in all, so yeah, that's pretty. Yeah. That's pretty bad. That's more. That's more problematic than um, human life. Yeah, because um, apparently it, it negate Thanos' whole thing about there's more resources if you halve the population. Yeah, but if, if you've also yeah at the same time. Um, I mean, yeah, it doesn't really do anything beyond go. This film's coming in April. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, they could have not advertised this movie, and I'd have still gone and seen it. Um, we saw a bit of welding going on with Iron Man and Nebula, and that seemed yeah. There's a lot of kind of like stern-looking faces. Yes, lots of putting on suits. Yeah, well, they're done, it's not even putting suits on; it's flipping yeah. your head down. It's not like one of them <laughs> Facebook mask uh, <laughs> things. Flip your head. Yes. Pull out your tongue. <laughs> so I was waiting for one of them to like open their mouths and rainbows come out. Talking about Facebook and Snapchat filters, Elite Battle Angel. <laughs> so that's what she looks like. She that looks is like what she looks like. Filter running around. Yeah. See, this is why anime should never be real. Yes. Because that's what happens. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. There, there is a, there is a thing about the fact that that that, that style can't be replicated in in live action. It's why yeah. something like Astro Boy works as a, mm-hmm. a CGI animation and stuff. Well, that's one of my big fears I've always had with the, like the. Rumored Akira movie, that movie that Keanu Reeves has been trying to get yeah. out of production for twenty years. It's kind of like just don't just leave it alone. Didn't Taika Waititi get attached to that at some yes. point recently? Yeah, mm. I think it's probably best left alone and just have the anime as uh, as as what it is because you you can't do that story justice really because even the, the anime isn't. Yeah, yeah, the anime missing. can't really do the story justice. Yeah, so it's kind of like there's there's kind of things in that that are kind of because the manga. I can't remember how long the manga is, but it's, I know it's yeah, stupidly it's, long. Yeah. It's quite it's quite because I started buying it when it was reprinted in the West. Mm. Yeah, um, it, it's not through a Marvel. Short read. No, it's about 16, 17 novels the last time. Yeah. I mean, for the the biggest takeaway for me on the uh, Alita Battle Angel trailer was this sneaky way they went. Look, the Avatar font is different. Uh, yeah, this is what we got now. Oh, that was the other thing that got me as well from the producer of Avatar. Let's ignore all of his previous sci-fi work, like yeah. Aliens. Yeah, you know, and it's like actually would make relevant sense. No. Yeah, but Avatar. but you got to remember that James Cameron wants us to know about Avatar yes. all the time. It's yeah. his pet project, even though no one else is interested. I well, think it was like one of the biggest grossing movies of all time, with zero cultural impact. Exactly. It's Smurfs in the space, that's all it yeah. was. The most con- cultural impact it's had was, it has a Disney park. And that's it. Yeah. One of the Dis- yeah. I think at Disney World, maybe? I think the Animal Kingdom, they've got yeah. like an Avatar section. And a lot of that was because of years of deals that were going on, yeah. they ended up like... It opened up years after anyone cared. <laughs> I assume people just walk around the corner and just go, huh. yeah. and then yeah. walk on. Yeah. I mean, I think they missed a trick by not replacing that with from the geezer who bought you Spy Kids three. Yeah. Because uh, that would have made me sit up much more than. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, because Robert Rodriguez. Robert Rodriguez. Yeah. yeah. I mean, as a, as a filmmaker, I like Robert Rodriguez's um, yeah. stuff. How it will translate into this kind of big budget um, CGI fest thing. Well, they've got a um, really solid cast. You've got Marshall Alley, you've got Jennifer Connelly, you've got quite some big names in there. But Christopher, um, yeah, what's his name? Well, it's going to do better than Mortal Engines did, I think. Regardless, <sighs> I don't know. I don't know if there's the audience for for this film in the UK. I don't think. I don't think the property's that well known. No, in, uh, the, in out this of country. all the anime shows to pick to make it into the big screen, mm-hmm. yeah, it's probably a, a slightly odd choice. 
But after Ghost in the Shell flopped. Yeah. I mean, for me, the trailer just kind of felt like it was it was aping Ready Player One. Yeah. In terms of kind of look and feel of what was going on. But I'm, I'm getting a bit tired of kind of the overly CGI much stuff. Astro Boy as well. Oh, yeah. It's just, yeah, pretty much the, the same kind of thing. But... Um, yeah, I think if you're gonna, yeah, the the, anim, the uh, animated Astro Boy film is actually pretty good. Yeah. Or Steam Boy, watch Steam Boy instead. Yeah. That's better. Um, I'm kind of tempted, but I don't think I'll take a visit to the cinema for it. I think it's going to be one of those that you're probably going to catch on Netflix or yeah. Amazon Prime or whatever yeah. streaming service. I just cannot get past that design. I just can't do it. <laughs> but it didn't haven't they changed it? Didn't the first trailer that came out like over a year ago oh, have slightly like bigger yeah. eyes and yeah. they've actually reduced them since? Yeah, they look, she looked like a massive fish in the yeah. first trailer and then they were like, let's backpedal on that slightly because everybody's just got Uncanny Valley, Uncanny Valley, Uncanny yeah. Valley. I'm still sitting there. <laughs> it reminded me, remember the old PlayStation 1 advert with Lily Collins? Oh, God, yeah. yeah. Oh, the yeah, with the kind wealth. of um, the, the grey alien eyes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think they should have stuck with the big eyes and just gone with it and gone, look, this is just, this is the aesthetic we've got. Yeah. I think it's James Cameron probably going, no, I need some more money in my bank account to pay for mm. my next visit to the Marianas Trench. So. Well, yeah. Uh, how many Avatar movies has he got planned? There's four more coming, I think. How many years has it been since Avatar 1? Uh, about 10 years, actually, I think. Yes. So is it going to be like, is he going to be 120 when the final one comes out yeah. at this current rate of production? Yeah. Surely the cast aren't going to look anywhere remotely similar. It's like the whole thing with the Zombieland 2 trailer, which wasn't part of the Super mm-hmm. Bowl trailers, but if you watch Zombieland 2, it's kind of like, there's been a fairly good gap between it and they're pretending it hasn't. Mm. But the little girl is now like an adult. Yeah. Yeah. But I suppose Cameron can go, like, we'll just do five minutes at the beginning with the human actors and then you're all going to be Navi for the rest of the film. It's fine. And then we're going to go underwater, which would be quite, kind of good because, like, Aquaman was cool and everybody went to see that. So we'll go, we'll do Aqua Navi, <laughs> which is like a great movie. Right. Returning to the trailers that were on there, Captain Marvel. I'm getting bored of trailers now. I just want to see the film. Yeah. Don't need to see 600 trailers of her punching an old woman on a train. <laughs> I did see that. I beg to that. differ with that one. I kind of like that. Um, yeah, it's 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 soon. It's really soon now, and I think yeah. the, the trailers aren't telling us anything. They're just not no. giving it anything away. It is just kind of like, you know, I kind of like the. I think it's more of a case of look how much we spent on giving Samuel L. Jackson hair. Yeah, <laughs> which is yeah. We haven't seen a lot of Phil Coulson in these trailers no. as well. Which is kind He's of been in the car, and that's about it. I think. Yeah, but. Um, yeah, I'm hoping most of it doesn't take place on Earth, actually. It'd yeah. be kind of more interesting. That it's, uh, well, they seem to have done so much reveal of the Earth stuff, I'm hoping they're keeping all the cosmic bits yeah. in the background. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Carol's a good character. Yeah. Um, so I think Brie Larson seems to be a very solid actress. So. Yeah. Uh, go on then. Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah. Mm. Um, as... As as not a fan of the uh, multi-part franchise, um, of which I haven't seen any all the way through, I don't think. I I watched them all up until... I watched the first two completely, because they actually made quite a nice little story. Yeah. And it was, it was, I was into like Need for Speed Underground and stuff. Mm. It was relevant for that time. See, that's, that's the only Fast and Furious thing I've had any real dealings with was Need for Speed Fast and Furious game. Yeah. 
that and was, it was okay. Kind of, that was like the mm. right time for like yeah. these whole custom cars, which are like mm. sleeper cars, and it was yeah, that was fine. The second movie follows on from the first one fine. Then you get Tokyo Drift, which is basically nobody would come back because we didn't pay them enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then there seems to be this whole Fast and Furious cinematic universe. Didn't they do one in London? Wasn't yes. wasn't there, yeah? Because I'm just thinking because as as a as a as a I think Briton, that was the last one with Jason Statham as the villain. Yeah, because I can't really buy into a franchise where it's kind of like you know we live in a country where the, the if it was made here it would be slow and stuck in traffic. <laughs> I um, think um, Edgar Wright said something like about this with Hot Fuzz, <laughs> uh, like because of filming car chase and stuff, it kept raining. So they had to like postpone the car chase all the time because it just kept raining in this Somerset village. And, yeah. was, and he was saying, this is why we don't do action movies yes. in Britain. I think he made a big point of the like, police cars being like Vauxhall Astra diesels, yeah. which aren't the yeah. same. <laughs> so if you look at any of the shots, it's always the car accelerating away or stopping. Yeah. There's not yeah. very actual <laughs> car chasey bit in it. Yeah, I, I imagine for fans of the series... Yeah. Uh, It'll be more of the same. It looks competently made. It looks like they've just gone. There's bits that the Rock didn't do in Skyscraper, so let's do that <laughs> bit. And then there was that bit in the lift that they did in Captain America that looked kind of cool. So we'll put Jason Statham in a lift, and then we'll do like all these kind of like really cute little bits where they're like, oh, they don't yeah. like each other, oh. but they do really. Um, it, 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 it seemed to be riffing off stuff like Lethal Weapon, basically, mm. where to get two partners who are complete polar opposites and they have to work together the body to take down the thing, big yeah. bad. Yeah. Idris Elba blatantly is cashing in at every single chip that he has got to yeah. continue his career before the before he doesn't get selected for the next Jones Bond. Well, that, that was my thing, was like, so with him not yet being considered for Bond or being considered for Bond at all, he's just like, you know what, I'm going to play a crap Bond villain instead. <laughs> yeah. Well, he looks like he's come out of the Jaeger from Pacific Oh, yeah, it looks Rim. like he's just, yeah, he's going, I've, I've still got that costume I had in Pacific Rim. Get you some use out of that. <laughs> It's kind of like he's been a villain in Star Trek Beyond, which mm. nobody really realised until the end. Yeah. Oh, it's Idris Elba. Well, that went down well. Yeah. He's, he seems to have gone off the boil quite a bit recently. I don't think it's a, it's a, it's a bad waste of a good talent. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's, he's better than this kind of stuff. But it's the, the audience will love it. It'll get laptop. up. It'll, it'll do big it'll books. Make it'll money, make like yeah. a billion dollars at the box office. Um, it's, it's, not, it's not for me. The way I've described it to many people who've ever watched it is since like the fourth fifth film onwards is it's trans it's mission impossible for people who like transformers movies mm. i can see that it's just big action pieces i have not much plot so i haven't you don't have to pay any attention to i it. haven't seen pretty much any of them but that description sounds completely accurate from what i have seen it's trailers and yeah. things like that so yeah it's cars fighting each other even with people inside them yeah. yeah, that was my main thing with the with this Hobbs and Shaw trailer. I was like, is there any car chases? Because I feel like you're completely ignoring your actual demographic. Yeah. If you don't include a ton of car chases because isn't that not the whole point of the well, series? The bit with the lorry. Yeah, I refuse to call it a truck. It's a lorry. Yeah. Here in the UK, it's a lorry. Yeah, I mean, as well outside of the franchise fans. Aren't people just going to mistake this for a kind of like an asylum version of Stan and Ollie? 
It's like, this is not a comedy about some people from the 1930s, Hobbs and Shaw. Is it some, is it some British comedians? That have, Vic and Bob? It sounds like a real terrible kind of I, like. I, I, thought, I thought The Rock was just going to be a tiger, as in. <laughs> yeah. Calvin and Hobbs. I was about to say, it makes me think of Calvin and Hobbs. <laughs> See, if it was Calvin and Hobbs and Shaw, <gasps> that would have been a much better movie. Ca- and the Shaw should have been George Bernard Shaw. Yes. And then it could have been like a real <laughs> cultural touchstone for everybody. It's like, we've got. But soon- you've got George Bernard Sure, following Calvin that writing plays. <laughs> it's like, ah, oh, yes. So Meets up with Kipling halfway through. Oh, Tiger, Tiger. J.W.R. Yeah. Tolkien's a villain. Ah, sits in a Hollywood, <laughs> if you want to get in touch, we can yeah. put this script together for you very quickly. Yes. All right. Uh, wasn't really a trailer. Harley Quinn. Yeah. This is the death of Warner Brothers mm. in the DC universe to me. Yeah, it's I'm kind of like. Yeah. See, even with my own <clears throat> my own general indifference to the the genre, even I know the DC stuff is worse than the Marvel stuff. Yeah, they're very, they're kind of really messing this up a little bit because I know I know that this this trailer is uh, an introduction to the characters from um, Birds of Prey. Yeah, so it's the Huntress and and um, the Black Canary and, and others, uh, but it's all rolled up in this ridiculous Harley Quinn fetish. That people have because of oh, the Margot Robbie thing, Suicide Squad. and yeah, it was like the people saw Margot Robbie in Wolf of Wall Street and went, "That's our Harley Quinn." And people have just got obsessed with her, uh, and I don't think it sells. I mean, because Harley Quinn came from the Batman animated I mean, we TV made series. A joke, didn't we, at conventions yeah, for a couple of years where it's basically Harley Bingo, and this was before the film had even come out. There was yeah, hundreds and hundreds mm-hmm. of people dressed as Harley Quinn, even before the movie came out. Yeah, and the movie was. A big pile of poo. Yeah, I mean, she's a character who is interesting in her own right outside of the fact they've had to dress her up the way they have. Yeah. Because I think the problem I got with it is the overt sexualization of that character, she's, which she's, is predominantly aimed at young women. She's a doctor. She's she's actually yeah. supposed to be a medical doctor. Yeah. She's gone a bit crazy. But you wouldn't put hot pants and fishnets on, would you? Yeah. It, it's, it's, a, it's about a look. It's, and all, I know all the characters in there will just be dumb idiots with like oh, I'm going to be all growly and whatever and, and then she's going to punch them and everybody's going to go yay feminism <laughs> but, but the birds of prey need much better love I think I mean even in Arrow when you've had them in that they've not had a fair shake but they seem to well, have had a fairer shake than they have well the before the CW did that whole Arrowverse there yeah. was a birds of prey TV series which was actually pretty good yeah um, and, and did a reasonably good job with those characters because um, somehow they've got a role in Oracle to this, which yeah. is another thing. But it's it's going to be a. It, well, how are you yeah. going to do it without mentioning Batman? That's the problem. Yeah, well, they'll just they'll just well, you know, it's the, this the DC the DC version of their the DC live action version of their characters for me are just far too. Well, um, it's going to confuse even people who are not like fully into the franchise because you're going to have the Jacqueline Phoenix version of the Joker coming out yeah. at a similar time period so you're going to have a, another yeah. strand of the whole DC multiverse with the Harley Quinn version the Batman movie might still be on might not be yeah. without Ben Affleck we don't know what's going on with that it's the, it's the, problem, it's the problem that Marvel solved pretty much Outside of the Fox characters, we're going. Actually, all these characters live in the same world, yeah. And that there's there's interaction, and they will know each other rather than this kind of like, oh, here's here's a character 
who yeah. is completely dissociated from everything else that makes them that character. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, we're just going to go uh, off and do something. It was the same something. problem with Sony trying to do this whole Venomverse. Yeah. And it just mm. doesn't work if you don't have Spider-Man in it. Yeah. And they did that really well with Homecoming and saying, uh, Tony... Iron Man, I'm a big fan. That yeah. whole thing with his introduction in the Avengers movie—it works quite nicely. Yeah, it's what—it's what's beautiful about that movie is, is bringing that character into the universe that he's clearly influenced by. Mm-hmm. Um, but DC, um, you know, yeah, it, it'll it'll have an audience. Yeah. no question. People will go and watch this movie, and yeah. um, and they and they want to capitalize on the idea that they've now poached James Gunn to come and do the second. Um, Suicide Squad movie. Yeah. So they're they're going to keep that ball rolling. Yeah, uh, I'm not not interested in any way, shape, or form. I don't think the whole DC characters need more of. Next film along, uh, Jordan Peele, bringing us another spooky, scary film with us, which seems to be kind of evil versions of themselves coming mm-hmm. out of. I'm trying to think what it reminds me of. I know when I watched the trailer, I was like, this reminds me of something, and it's completely yeah. gone out of my head now that I'm recording this. But the, the thing with the masks that one of the characters is wearing, it's it's a little bit like, there's a film called The Strangers. Yes. Uh, and they kind of had the, yeah, certainly like a home invasion type thing. That, yeah. um, it seems that to be riffing off that home invasion genre. But it's yeah. kind of like, I think the twist is, it's basically what if it's the home invasion, but they're actually you. Yeah, home I mean the f- the first time the first trailer I saw, I was sold on this. The mm-hmm, whole yeah. look, the whole feel, mm-hmm. the whole cast they've got in there. They've got a fa- you know a phenomenally good cast. Yeah, it's like Get Out was great. Yes, this Still looks even better. In just I'm so I'm I already know I'm going to see this movie. Yeah, from from the first mm-hmm. trailer alone, it's like this looks great. Yeah, um, it doesn't seem like it's going for cheap shocks sort of move away from all that kind of Blumhouse stuff because I've not been a big fan of things like the Conjurings and all that mm-hmm. lot. Yeah. I think I know what it I now know what it reminded me of. Um it was actually something I've seen online which is someone told this story through Twitter. It was just this big Twitter thread. And it started out as if they were on as if they were on holiday and then they kind of kept seeing themselves around this resort and then they found out there was another hotel that was identical and this guy was supposedly staying in the same number room in this other hotel and it sort of just keeps going to these weird places where it suggests that this this clone of him may be slowly trying to replace him mm. and that's kind of the, the impression I got from the yeah. trailer as yeah. well it does seem to have a bit of a talented Mr. Ripley vibe mm. bubbling underneath it with this whole are you are people being replaced with mm-hmm. more sinister versions of them I, I really liked it I mean the other Jordan Peele trailer we got was him leading the CBS Access version mm-hmm. or reboot reimagining whatever reword that they want to use for it is the Twilight Zone mm-hmm. I'm interested in this Yeah, I think it was really nicely done the way they've done the trailer for this because mm-hmm. it doesn't give you any kind of giveaway as to what it will be it's just Jordan Peele is hosting the new version of the Twilight yeah. Zone yeah he sounds good you know the whole thing. You get a hint of the Twilight Zone theme. Yes, I'd like them not to just redo Twilight Zone I stories. W- yeah, yeah, I want original stories. Yeah, because I'm. Um, you know, we're, we're more than likely going to get terror at twenty thousand feet oh, again. Oh, probably guaranteed. Yeah. Guaranteed. Um, I'd like them to do Twilight Zone stories for the twenty-first century. Mm-hmm. It throws them a little bit into the kind of ballpark that we've had with Black Mirror. Yeah, well, this is what but I, was I think. Say. 
Black Mirror's pretty much took that slot away. Yeah. But I don't class Black Mirror as an anthology series anymore. But, but it was originally on its TV run, yes. Now it's on Netflix. It's a binge watch series for a lot mm. of people. And yeah, you and don't I th- get that anthology feel for it. And Black Mirror's got a very distinct USP. Yeah. Which which is what it does. It's that that th- that thing about the technology and the kind of whatever. What if phones put too much? Yeah. yeah. It's <laughs> um, a twist on. Whereas the Twilight Zone was slightly more uh, morality tales of mm. all different types, it wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't always spooky. It wasn't always horrific. It wasn't always there was. There, there's been you know in in amongst the Twilight Zone stuff. Um, well, one of my favourite ones of, of all time was the um, Burgess Meredith one, uh, "Time Enough at Last." Oh, where he breaks um, his glasses. Where he's, yeah. he's this kind of henpecked husband and he, he wants to read and whatever he is and then mm-hmm. there's a nuclear Armageddon and he's yeah. left, you know, with all the time in the world that he wants and he breaks his glasses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, oh man, that is brutal. He's like, <laughs> now he's kind of got... To, and I would like him to do more kind of those kind of stories. Yeah, I, I really like stuff like that. I mean, The Box, which was redone into a film. Yeah. That being, I, I assume that one's going to probably be an episode as well. I think they're going to hit up quite a lot of the original sixties. Yeah, I, I think I just think they should just do all do new stuff, the, like the eighties stuff that they had. But I think it'd be more like that. I mean, I'm I'm not won't be surprised if the Outer Limits returns as well with Twilight Zone. Yeah, um, it's an easy way to cash off the back of that franchise. But I think Jordan Peele as the host that is some quite sensible casting. Yeah, and the the narration he was giving in the trailer as well showed yeah. that he's already got the the right sort of vibe down. Yeah, the per- the perfect tone for yeah. for carrying those stories. I mean, you see, it's a tough job to step into, yeah. replacing Rod Sterling. He but, almost sounded like him, though. Yeah. That's what that's what got me. I was yeah. like, oh no, this is Jordan Peele. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what if an empty stadium, but a man fills the stadium? What if a man walks through the door? Wasn't that the plot of Akira? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the biggest thing I did miss was the fact that he wasn't standing there with a cigarette. Yeah, while he was while, while he was delivering his thing. Glass of whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> but how times have changed. Yes, but I, th- I do think it's sensible to let him helm it. I don't know if he's going to do any of the writing. I don't know if he's going to be doing any of the direction. But I'm assuming he's doing the whole Rod Sterling. Well, he, I I would hope that he's got some kind of a producer role yeah. in there because his monkey. I'm assuming this will. This will it, it would make sense that it's been is it being done through his monkey paw production yeah. house. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so far, kind of a lot of the monkey paw stuff has been very, very good. Yeah. Um, and stuff. I mean, he was involved in Black Clan, Black Klansman yeah. last year. Um, so it would be good that it's a CBS with a kind of he's got a production um, credit to it as well, rather than just a pure host. Yeah. Um, which would be quite good. All right. Down to our last two trailers. Well, one of them is not really a trailer, but it's kind of a trailer. Uh, so should we talk about Wonder Park first before we get to the big meaty one? That <laughs> if, if you'd like to talk about Wonder Park. <laughs> I have no. I was whelmed. I was completely <laughs> whelmed. Uh, this was. It looks the most distinctly average film yeah. of all time. See, normally when I come across any stories to do with abandoned theme parks, that's not usually how they go. No. It's usually like something's in the abandoned theme park and it kills the person who goes into the abandoned yeah. theme park. It doesn't. It doesn't turn into a genuine magical theme park. Because I'd heard, I'd heard the name. I hadn't seen the trailer, so I'd heard yeah. I'd heard the the idea, but it's a little bit like they've gone a bit of over the hedge, 
a bit of Minions, a bit of uh, this film and a bit of that film, and we'll mix it all together, and a bit of bit of uh, Cloudy with Meatballs and a bit of like all of this. A bit of Roller Coaster Tycoon. Yeah, yeah. It's good. Bang Theory or Young Sheldon. That's good. Um, yeah. But then it's a film a- aimed at kids. Yeah, it's gonna know. make money. It's it's gonna make money. I don't think it's gonna make as much money as they want it to make. Mm-hmm. Because it's from, is it Nickelodeon and Paramount? Yeah, which is kind of what makes me think it might be better than it looks. Yeah. Because, to be honest, the Nickelodeon stuff usually is pretty good. And it's not kind of awful, kind of bland, terrible kids of no brains. So why should Mm -hmm. we bother writing anything in our script type of attitude people take sometimes in kids' movies? Um, it It might have a little bit more to it than, than yeah. that but it's nice to see Paramount making a film yeah which is good it's been a while <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember the last time they released something before this <laughs> alright then I suppose we're going to have to talk about it Game of Thrones slash Bud Light trailer yeah. what about the uh, Toy Story 4 thing <sighs> I'm done with Toy Story yeah Toy Story 3 was the perfect That's, ending that is my opinion on this yeah yeah there is that there is that but there is the key and peel effect. So I'm kind of thinking, I kind of like Bunny and Ducky, and I'm going to go and see it for them, and I hope they have their own spin-off series of movies. But that could have been done in a short. Yeah. That could have really been done in a Pixar short before another original film. Mm-hmm. Because Pixar are just retreading everything at the minute. I think, I'm waiting for Cars 67 to come out. I think this is kind of my problem with what's going on with Pixar, is that with the Toy Story films, they had heart. Yeah. This one just doesn't look like it has heart. It, it was a perfect trilogy. You had your beginning, middle, and then mm-hmm. you had yeah. the growth of the characters. Mm-hmm. You had the closing off the arc. You had the mm-hmm. next generation coming through. It was a perfect way to leave it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Andy's story was done. Yeah. And this just feels like we want some more money, please. But yeah. it also sets up a whole set of problems because you go, Andy gave those toys to that girl. And that girl's now done something to those toys. They're now at some random uh, fun park in the middle of nowhere. How did that happen? They're in Wonder Park. It's like, what's (laughs) going on here? I have issues. I have massive issues. And I think it would have been better if they just left it as it was. Yeah. And you could have had your Key and Beal short with them just with another Hmm. version of Buzz Lightyear. The Spanish one. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, that'd be good. Um, Yeah, are we going to go back on to... Game of Thrones because we because yeah. that was like the what the one voice that was terrible in um, How to Train Your Dragon and yeah. it was terrible in the previous film was yeah. Kit Harrington because like I'm, I'm still I'm still trying to figure out what it is about him that everybody goes he's a really good actor. <laughs> Do you I'm mean like, like Jay Barrichello? What? <laughs> yeah, but at least ca- he's got character. Uh-huh. Every time every time Kit Harrington's ca- character came on screen, you went. Was that like is that Siri doing the voice? It's like what? There's no personality here. Um, but well, I think I went to see him and Tasty D briefing of playing basically oh, okay. dull. Just that just sounds like abject torture <laughs> to me. But then I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of the Game of Thrones whole thing. Really, that just seems to be it's style over substance. Really, it's like look, we're gonna kill a few people very brutally and there'll be some boobs and maybe Jason Momoa will get his top off we're going to kill him as well because like we have to have killing and boobs in the same shot so it's male boobs and we'll kill him but I don't know I think the first series was kind of like that 
groundbreaking TV series, which meant... American. Groundbreaking in terms of like, you know that Spartacus nobody watched? Yeah. Now you can watch it. Uh, yeah. It, it was adjusting American audiences to actually accept that boobs and blood and violence exist. And mm. it's not just homogenized violence that they have in all their shows. And yeah. It's not a procedural 600 part detective series where nothing gets done. And it was kind of that's where I'm coming from with that series because it was a kind of like boobs are okay Americans if you're an adult you can look at boobs you don't have to pretend that you're just hiding the DVD down the sofa every night yeah it's like every time you get out of bed you're fully clothed or take the entire sheet with you what's what? or, get those, that? or get those L-shaped bed yes, sheets I was going to say all Americans who go L-shaped bedding where male nipples are fine yeah but it was kind of that and that's allowed us to have stuff like True Detective and mm-hmm. other things where HBO basically yeah. said, right, now people are used to seeing boobs and things on TV, we can. It's not porn, it's HBO. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Although now I'm really worried that I'm going to get hounded on Twitter for saying Kit Harrington's not a very good actor. <laughs> um, yeah, that's quite scary. I, I, I did enjoy that, because like, if you caught with any American TV they've had this Bud Knight thing going for quite some time now it's kind of okay. like he's been their, their latest mascot after, for a few years so I think this was a nice way for them to close off that campaign mm. in the kind of yeah. yeah yeah when he's out acted by frogs <laughs> mm, okay. um, my, my problem with it is that it felt like it it clearly was two separate things shoved together. Yeah. <laughs> like it starts off as this sort of goofy like beer night, and then suddenly a Game it's of like, Thrones dragon is here, <laughs> and it's like the tone just shifts, and it doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> it, is, it is. It is a tonal shift too far, isn't it? Really, it's, it's like, like it's like if you started watching like Robin Hood Men in Tights, and it becomes Prince of Thieves by the end, <laughs> or it became Ridley Scott's Robin Hood. Or yeah, <laughs> what's going on? I think Prince of Thieves would work up to the point because you've got Alan Rickman who could yeah. be in either yeah. film perfectly yeah. fine. They've, they, they, they all love that like furry coat yes. thing isn't it? Um, yeah. So I was uh, like, expecting it to be like White Walkers or something coming over mm-hmm. the hill and I think I think it was quite subversive for, for an American beer company who's like mm. not known for doing subversive adverts. Mm. I think it was quite a risk for them. I think it kind of worked more as a Game of Thrones trader than a Bud Light advert. I don't know if it worked as either, quite frankly. Yeah, it goes, it go, it rubs against the kind of advertising Bud's done for yes. years and years. So it seemed a little bit like, oh, okay. I, I um, quite enjoyed it because it was just something different rather than yeah. just your same, same old. Mm-hmm. Here's an advert for some drugs that you tell your doctor that you need to have. <laughs> <laughs> or here's some oh, insurance adverts, which is easy with the US TV yeah. is made up of. Here's drugs that you need to tell your doctor you need. That's how you know how vastly different the American healthcare system is. You just see how many medication ads they have. Yeah. And this works better than Propofol from 24. Yeah. Tell your doctor now. There's, um, there's a really great... I don't know if you guys have seen um, the Adult Swim unedited footage of a bear, which is a really great parody of like that whole culture of, of medication. It's like, I think it was like an online short that they did. Um, and it's called unedited footage of a bear because that's how it starts out, and then it, t- it it goes to an ad break, and then it just goes some places. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I think overall though, I thought the trailers this year were very disappointing. I, I mm-hmm. there's been nothing that stood out. Yeah, at all. The end game trailer was just a repeat of trailer one. Yeah, there, there was nothing new. The, all the Marvel stuff just didn't. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah the Captain Marvel stuff we've already seen it a million yeah. times us we all know what we're going to expect and to be honest the problem that I have with stuff like that especially around horror films is the more that you know before you go in the less likely you are to enjoy it because you need to be hadn't hadn't most of that trailer been seen already yeah yeah I think it was mostly recut with a little bit of extra Mm -hmm. um, because I remember waiting for that Infinity War trailer to drop last year and it was such a big thing of everybody was like I was up till like two, three AM, hitting refresh on Twitter, waiting for them yeah. to drop. It's it seemed like a funny moment for them not to capitalise on it with kind of like a Star Wars trailer. Yeah. I know they're probably holding it for celebration. Yes, but that if that's not a long even, time before that movie's out. Even a five second teaser trailer, because when we had that Force Awakens trailer drop, mm-hmm. that was I think the trailer was actually better than the film. <laughs> <laughs> Because it captured everything you wanted about Star Wars mm-hmm. in that 20, 30 seconds. I mean, you didn't know who was flying the Millennium Falcon at this point. You didn't know any of the story going into it. You had the Millennium Falcon on screen doing flying through destroyed Star Destroyer. Everybody was like, Aah! and it was kind of, I really enjoyed that trailer. And I don't think there's been much that lived up to that trailer since. Mm. Just that whole reveal and mm-hmm. like, this is the next chapter. Yeah. I don't think there wasn't, wasn't really anything in there that made me sit up and go, oh, I'm interested in that, that well, I wasn't already interested in. Elite Battle Angel, we talked about before on the show, yeah. it's had about three trailers now. Mm-hmm. Everybody's bored of that. Wonder Park is not going to be a massive film. Mm-hmm. Toy Story 4, as we said, shouldn't exist, mm-hmm. in my personal opinion. I think, the, I think the only thing that really interested me was us, but that was only because it was the first time I'd seen that trailer. I hadn't seen the trailer had, yeah. that had been released before. Yeah. I think I think the trailer that came out the best was the Twilight Zone one. Yeah, yeah. and I think that, that was a nice little twist on it. And it, it was quite nice. Oh, we're all <laughs> it's uh, I quite like the fact that they used the event as the catalyst yeah. for the, yeah. the for the film. So emptying the stadium and making and it that part of the thing. Pretending like it's like the links coming back in. Yeah, yeah, so that was that was really nice the way they constructed that. Yeah. So it was really good. It was a good little piece of advertising. Yeah. So that was our opinions on the superb trailers. <laughs> So don't bother going to watch it. <laughs> Maybe check out the Twilight Zone trailer if you have any interest. Mm-hmm. Weird news. Three stories. Okay. You're, you're in rapt silence here. Stuff. Uh, first one from CBS News. Possum living in unused one million taxpayer funded bus. <laughs> Bloody scratches. Okay. From CNET.com. Samsung tries to turn your refrigerator into Tinder. Okay. And from Essex Life. Oh, wait, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> the Chelmsford woman being driven out of her home by an abusive ghost. <laughs> see, you, I can see why you kept that one till last. Mm-hmm. Um, which, which would we prefer out of the three news stories? I need to hear about this abusive ghost. Yeah, it's ghost. This is by Elliot Hawkins. Okay, that so sounds like a character from a Charles Dickens novel. Well, I'm thinking that's E.T. plus Stranger Things shit. <laughs> We're going to write a story about a ghost that's a bit creepy, a bit spooky, and E.T. looked like a ghost in uh, E.T., and it sounds a bit like Stranger Things. E- yeah, Elliot Hawkins. Oh, my God. So Emily Sparks claims the spirit pulls her hair, steals her belonging, and shouts at her. Do you want to see a picture of Emily Sparks? I was thinking you were going to say, do you want to see a picture of the ghost? <laughs> oh, Okay. She seems to be holding a novelty bar of soap. 
A woman has been living with a troubled spirit for over five years and has had to stay in a travel lodge because it won't leave her alone. Okay. Okay. Troubled spirit, I'm assuming, is gin. <laughs> <laughs> Emily Sparks, 83, from Rittle, who is also a psychic medium. No, of course she is. Yeah. Of course she is. Straight away. <laughs> Not oh. a psychic, psychic small or a psychic large or psychic medium. <laughs> is, the, is the problem that she has somehow used her medium powers to anger a ghost that is now after her? Annoyed, yeah. <laughs> She's been haunted by Joyce, who Emily claims died in the flat before she moved in. Joyce flushes the toilet for hours on end, steals her belongings, Something and even pulls her hair out during the night. <laughs> I just, I just love the idea of the ghost just flushing the toilet repeatedly. Just <laughs> it sounds more like she's got a cat called Joyce, who flushes, who's learned to flush the toilet. But just the, the whole thing of the like, what does the ghost do while it's waiting? While the assistant's filling up again, just, like, <laughs> just a bit of whistling. Yeah. As well. it's like, oh, I'm just waiting for the. See, you can't, can't t- turn the taps, but it can just about reach the flap. <laughs> you know, in my in my. Death, I've now gained all these supernatural powers and I'm going to use it to just flush this toilet forever. <laughs> Emily has had to stay in the travel lodge for two nights as it reached the point where she can't live with it anymore. Our reporter, Emily, Elliot Hawkins, went to meet Emily, who wants to help wants to help in removing the spirit from her home. She She's a medium and she wants help. Yes. It's not a whole medium thing about talking to spirits in the first place. Yes. Surely she should just talk to her and just go, Joyce, pack it in, really. Sub, sub headline, in case we haven't oh, got God. The, le- the, the, the meat of the story yet, is the ghost of a former resident haunts her house. Just if you haven't cool. read any of the other yeah. yeah. before. We have another picture. <laughs> what where is she doing? <laughs> She's looking in a book. A particular kind of book. Why isn't there? Why isn't there a picture of her pointing at the toilet that's being flushed a lot? That's yeah, how. That's how local news works. It's the person the pointing at the offending object. Looking very sad. Yeah, look at. Oh, it's causing me grief. <laughs> Emily, a mother of four, has said she's been a psychic medium for more than thirty-five years. She was given the gift following the death of her first husband, but hasn't practiced for around ten years. Okay. Didn't he had to practice to be a medium? I thought he just hang up. So she's. Not practiced, but it's a gift. Yes. That sounds like it was left to her <laughs> by her ex-husband. So, how does that work? It can't be both of those things at once. It's either a skill you practice or it's a gift you're born with or you gain. Was it a part work from Hatchet maybe that like, she got? Maybe it's like one of those MMORPG things where you like have to collect all the armour to get the perk. Mm. What she hadn't done is gone round all the villagers collecting their various medallions and tokens. <laughs> There's a few out there, so she hasn't quite finished maybe it. Maybe she's buried on an ancient Indian burial ground <laughs> in this village in Essex. <laughs> After moving into her home in Chequers Road in 2011, she was told a woman called Joyce had died in her kitchen years before. But it wasn't until two years later that Emily decided she was visited by what she describes as a troubled spirit who hasn't left since. We have a picture of the offending kitchen floor. <laughs> this is where a woman died. <laughs> I'm surprised they haven't photoshopped just like a ghostly spectre in there. I've been told the woman who found her said that she was there two or three days before she passed away. Her head was lying on the kitchen floor with fragments of a cup she'd broken around her. There's a theory that spirits don't want to accept they're gone. Painted a picture that did for me. <laughs> I first saw her in June 2013, two years after I moved in. 
At this point, Emily started to touch her hair. She said that she, the spirit was next to her and she could feel it touching the top of her head. I think Lee's right. She's just got a cat. She doesn't know it. <laughs> she continued, I was downstairs and I saw her coming down. I saw her profile. I'm she would not have a Facebook profile. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought, she doesn't belong here. She would be about five foot three wearing a mustard cardigan with a tweed skirt. I thought you were going to say she was wearing a mustache. <laughs> <laughs> Ghost in disguise. Yeah. Sounds like she's been playing Cluedo. <laughs> I, lo- I love the description of a mustard cardigan and a tweed skirt. That's kind of like nobody would wear that ever. I mean, you've got to you've got to give it to Elliot Hawk- Hawkins. He's he's painting a picture for us in this in he's this article. Paid by he's, the be- he's, he's doing well here. I've only seen her physically once, but I've seen her in a transparent state many times. <laughs> that's that's possibly she's just looking in the mirror. If they have an energy, they, they can come across as being completely physical. But apparently, that's what they can come as they want to. She has travelled to other tenants that I'm aware of and she's left them crying. Jack, who was in here before me, said he couldn't bear to live there anymore because of what was going on. He was driving around in his car all day to get away. <laughs> didn't have anywhere to go, he just drove around. What? In a car, to get away in a car, you just point it in the opposite direction to where you're going. I've just got this image now of him just driving around the block. Yes. <laughs> for like 16 oh, hours. Just watching, God. occasionally glancing back at the house to make sure, is she gone, is she gone, is she gone? We have another picture. Okay. And another sub- Is it the guy driving his car around the neighborhood? No. The sub headline is, she's physically and verbally abusing me. And then there is a picture of her in the kitchen. Doing the why not both stunts. <laughs> Emily claimed she knew there was activity in her home for a long time. Despite the haunting getting worse over time, she said she was able to cope with the experience towards the start. The TV would go off and my Tiffany light would be going mad all the time, so I had to get rid of that. This sounds like an electrical problem. <laughs> she wasn't really enough to go on, but somebody to come in to take a look. But now she's physically and verbally abusing me. She's taking taking my hair and threatening me. If she was alive, she'd have been put away for a very long time. I mean, em- in a way, she has been put away for a very long time. <laughs> Emily stopped before describing the spirit's presence as ice cold. Quoted quotation subheading one. She's clinging to me. <laughs> oh, Keith, we have another picture. Oh, God. It's, it's the picture you've been waiting for. It is pointing at the toilet. Oh, <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> With the caption under the image of the troubled spirit enjoys flushing the toilet during the night. <laughs> she's assuming that she's enjoying doing it. Maybe she's got very, very... She's got irritable bowel syndrome and she's having to use <laughs> the toilet a lot. The yeah. You know, she... It, after the experiences got worse, Emily claims the spirit started flushing the toilet, sometimes for hours on end. It's become, according to Emily, her party piece. <laughs> I mean uh, that's what it is she's holding parties for the rest of the ghosts and she's going hey look look what I can do but I, flush I, I think it's just a massive queue of ghosts waiting to go into the toilet because they're having ghost parties downstairs well I mean that's why they're flashing the lights on and off I mean that's yeah. what you do when you have music on but you know I mean this Joyce obviously she's a bit of trouble because she's doing that and shouting and abusing her as well, what she, she in between flushes, <laughs> she's going, "Oh, you look rubbish in that cardigan." 
Oh, I don't like your I don't like your cheesecake much. Is what the hell she doing? was doing it slightly before Christmas, and I've seen her doing it. I thought, what can I do here? After Christmas, she was flushing the toilet while I was using it, and that freaked me out. <laughs> so the impression I'm I'm... back up, and she flushed it again and again and again. The impression I'm getting here is that she's got electrical problems and she's got plumbing issues. Yes. That seems to be what's actually going on here. Does it mention whether she's on a water meter? Because that ha- must be a killer. She also has at least six bottles of bleach, from what I can tell from the photo, because there's three next to the toilet and there's one on the windowsill. And there's a couple in the kitchen. Maybe maybe that's why the ghost is annoyed that she's like overusing the bleach. <laughs> maybe. Or she's drinking because it. The, yeah, because there's so much bleach in the house, it's just giving off fumes. <laughs> and that's why I'm she's, hallucinating. Yeah. One day I was brushing my teeth and she said in my ear, I want it all four times. She's talking about my ear. <laughs> or she was singing uh, a Queen lyric. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Last month Emily claimed she found a ball of her own hair rolled up on the floor, suggesting the spirit had pulled it out during the night. It isn't the first time she's done it, but this time it was different. I put the hair that I found in a bag, showed it to my neighbour Pat, left it on the table and it was gone. <laughs> Nick, this is sounding more and more like it is a bunch of really annoying cats. They're just going, oh, she's left the window open again. Let's go. I'm just I'm just imagining her like going next door and just being like, look at this hair. Look at it. Another sub-headline, there is an evil force in her flat. And apparently, Emily claims the spirit put a note on the fridge. No way! I've got to. This is this is what I'm not, not the fact that this article's gone on far too long now. My interest is waning. I'm just liking that he's blatantly being paid by word for this. Yeah. <laughs> that's not a note. That that's an inspirational quote that yeah, somebody's pulled out of a thing. It says, "May you always remember how very special you are." This does not sound like the note of somebody who's flushing your toilet, shouting abuse at you, and pulling your hair out. He's going to send you. It's a cat. It is a cat. <laughs> A cat who can write. <laughs> a cat who can pull a page out of some book somewhere. A cat who works for Hallmark. <laughs> <laughs> it took them a long time to do it, but eventually they got all the words together in the right order. Right, we're going to skip it further down and go to the next quote, which is, I've had a priest come in. I previously went to the cathedral and asked the reverend about it. She said that she would send someone to see me, but nobody came. <laughs> They're busy. There's a lot of exorcisms going on. Then I went to a priest from Chelmsford and he came to my home. He blessed me and blessed the flat. And he must have picked up on it because he told me there was an evil force here. She's attracted an evil entity. So Joyce has attracted an evil entity rather than Joyce is the evil entity. Yes. Okay. So this is getting pretty serious now. Yes. And I'm going to go down to the last two paragraphs before this story finishes. Which is, I've just paid £95 for two nights in a travel lodge, making the statement I'm serious about this. <laughs> well, I found out from being there last night, she's still there with me. I probably will go there again just to get out of my house, but she's still with me. Oh, you see, I really want so Lenny. Emily has followed her to the, the ghost of Joyce, has followed Emily to the travel lodge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And apparently, maybe has also been flushing the toilet at night, <laughs> resuming based on previous history. I'm just looking forward to Lenny Henry's series of advertisements for Premier Inn where he goes, problems with evil spirits in your house? Come and stay in Premier Inn. <laughs> right, shall we quickly go through one of the other ones? Do you want to have the Tinder refrigerator? No, I'm, I don't care about the Tinder refrigerator. Yeah. I want to hear about a possum living in a £1 million bus. <laughs> yeah. 
A possum. But this is by Alex Sundby. From CBS News. Uh, a possum in Southern California has had to be relocated from living in the belly of a zero-emission bus that was never put into service, CBS Los Angeles reports. According to the station, more than a million dollars was paid into a state funding for this bus in Burbank outside of Los Angeles. The possum bared its teeth to a CBS Los Angeles camera crew from the bus engine compartment. It scared me, a former transit employee said, who showed the animal to the crew. When it snarled at me, I jumped back. And then I took a picture because I thought I thought nobody's going to believe me. Just all those words together. It was, it's like I was. I it scared me. I jumped back. I took a photo because I thought nobody would believe me. But I'm at this point. I'm wondering why. Why has anybody emotion. thought that this was a story people would want to read about? We have a video of the possum. <laughs> Do you want to see the video of the possum? <laughs> Because from the thumbnail of the image, it's an angry possum. Oh, yeah. That that's an that's angry an angry possum. looking possum. <laughs> you like a bit of I can believe this. Tonight, a David Goldstein investigation on a million dollar taxpayer funded bus. Well, that bus never made it onto the streets, and now it's home to a furry creature. Tonight, David joins us with the details of his investigation. David? Believe it or not, a possum. Wow. Possum in Southern California. Well, taxpayer. It <laughs> Million dollars for this 1.4 million dollars for the bus. But it keeps all that going money up. That By the end of this interview, it's going to be a two million dollar bus. It's been sitting for years and now home to an angry animal. Whoa, look at those teeth. This is what we found in this million-dollar hybrid bus, paid for by taxpayers, but we discovered sitting idle for years. <laughs> a possum living in the engine. And this one wasn't playing. It's got a nice little home and a million-dollar-plus bus. This former Burbank Transit employee, who we're not identifying, first noticed the animal... <laughs> Just for his protection. What did you think when you opened it up and saw that possum? How they disguised his voice. I mean, when it snarled at me, I just jumped back. That's when I took a picture of it, because I said, nobody's going to believe me. The bus was funded through a 2007 state grant requested by the city of Burbank. It called for a hybrid hydrogen fuel cell bus for zero emissions, one of the first of its kind, at a cost to taxpayers of more than $1.3 million. That's one point three million. total project costing almost $2 million. So it's it $2 million. by the U.S. Department of Energy. They said the bus can be fully charged by plugging it into a 220-volt outlet and that Burbank bus planned to operate the fuel cell vehicle on all right, of its routes, starting in 2000. That, that's 24-hour rolling news desperately filling <laughs> yeah. space. Uh, so you know. from what I've gleaned from the story is they bought a bus, they didn't use the bus, they parked the bus, the possum moved into the bus. When the possum was extracted from the bus, the possum was not happy about being removed from the bus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's just it's not news. <laughs> uh, and to be honest, that's most of those stories did fall into that uh, category of yeah. this isn't news. This it's is just, just lo- chit chat. People say around the that's just pub. local news in general. Yeah. That's like when I was in when I was at uni, and, and the Worcester local news was just constantly going on about pears falling off the trees. Yeah. <laughs> Because one of them hit a cat once, so they cordoned off part of the area. <gasps> was this cat so annoyed it moved into some woman's house and pretended it was a ghost? Was there a picture of the cat in the local paper? Pointing, pointing at the pair. <laughs> this I is wish. the pair that did it. 
It's not. I'm not happy about it. One thing I do remember from another bit of local news I remember while at uni was a headline which said "horror as car kills horse." That was the headline. Okay. And I, and I just like that the, the way it was worded implied that just this car was just, just acting annoyed. independently yeah. and just decided to murder. That horse has really annoyed me. <laughs> That's one thing I do miss on the streets nowadays when you used to have like, the A-board outside the mm-hmm. news agents with the latest headlines on. I thought you were going to say cars just <laughs> randomly slaughtering horses. No, I mean, Christine's probably being rebooted as we speak, <laughs> along with every other Stephen King property ever made. So I wouldn't be surprised if it turns up at some point soon. And that is all your weird news for the week. Thank you. Top Trumps, woo, we're about to play a round of Top Trumps, woo, Wonders of the World edition. What's top trumps? Top trumps. <laughs> top trumps. It's the it's the new version for right. f- fans of brats. Top trumps. Uh, so we've actually got something with actual facts on. So Keith's very. I'm happy. stunned. <laughs> stunned into almost silence. Lee, you can go first. Okay. Uh, what category would you like to choose? Let's see what we got. Hmm. While we wait for Lee to pick, I am probably go- I'm probably going to go for. Um, Height slash depth. <laughs> um, uh, which I have. Okay, you Mount, ready? Mount Everest. Yes. Which is 8,840. Mm. Do you want to read us the interesting fact at the bottom? Boss okay. Keith flicks for his cards. Facts and figures are one thing, but they do not prepare you for the amazing sight of Mount Everest, the highest mountain on Earth. Located in the Himalayas, the locals believe that evil spirits dwell within the Himalayan name of the Tibetan name of that mountain, and that any misstep, including sleeping with your feet towards the summit, invites serious retribution from the ghosts of those lost on the mountain. The first ascent of Everest was that of New Zealander Edmund Hillary and his Sherpa guide Tenzing Norgay in 1953. I've just now got this vision of, like... (laughs) The toilet being flushed along <laughs> the base camp. Yeah, I'm going to get you, evil spirit. The evil spirits are going to get you. <laughs> um, okay, in that case, I do get to use the card that I wanted to use uh, until I realised I have another card, which also works really well. But I have got nothing in this pack compare, if, uh, compares to the wonder that is planet Earth. Uh, third planet from the sun. Our home is a diverse, lively and unique planet. Uh, it's got a height depth in metres of uh, 11,033. Yeah, see, that's just cheating because everything else on these cards is on that <laughs> Well, you see. Actually not. You see. Uh, okay. Yeah, well, th- th- this is what we're going to we're gonna yeah. kind of get Everything on my cards. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm going to throw away one of my cards, which is the Argentinian glacier of Prito Moreno Glacier, which is discovered in the 19th century by Insport explorer Francisco Moreno the Perito Moreno Glacier lies in the Santa Cruz province of Argentina the 5 kilometer wide glacier is the most impressive in Los Glaciares National Park, great naming there guys cool <laughs> as the glacier advances towards the store it closes off the drainage route from the lake it sits above forming a natural dam this causes a huge build up of pressure and eventually massive ice ruptures and huge chunks fall into the water below Height of 60 meters. Cool. Which is nothing really for a glacier. You'd <laughs> it's like 60 meters. Does that mean I get to go yes. and pick another character? Yes. Well, in that case, then, I'm going to use this card, which uh, well, I should read the tagline. 
the Northern Lights are unlike any other wonder in right. this pack. Which Aurora, the Aurora are not physical; they are a visual phenomena that occurs high in the sky. Which, um, which, which category am I going to choose? Yes. Well, you thought you, you thought the Earth was big. That's nothing compared to the Northern Lights, which have a height depth in meters of uh, fifteen thousand. So, if you thought the Earth was big. <laughs> Well, um, I can beat your 15,000. What? Uh, with Mont Blanc, which is uh, 4,000. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. I thought 1,500, because I'm an idiot. <laughs> I will go with that one anyway. <laughs> I don't think Mont no. Blanc's that high. No. no. But Isn't it a pen? <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. I will still go with that one, though, uh. which is um, uh, one of the most visited tourist destinations in the world, Mont Blanc. Or Monto Bianco in Italian is on the French-Italian border and the highest mountain in Europe. Its raining mountain range, the Alps, is a popular skiing destination and the famous resort of... I can never say this one. Shamonix, that one, uh, is nearby. I'm going to leave any kind of yeah. odd pronunciations yeah. to uh, like uh, my co-host. Yeah. Sort of <laughs> in 1893, work to build an observatory on the summit began at the request of scientific experts. And in 1906, the building began to lean and eventually crevasse opened and swallowed it. <laughs> Don't stare with your telescope. <laughs> Alright, I am going to have to burn another card because I'm holding my big card back to later on. <laughs> I have oh, something on, on the Argentinian and Brazilian border, which is the Agassu Falls. Visiting Agassu Falls is a once in a lifetime experience, unless you live nearby, I assume. Uh, 270 waterfalls flow along nearly three kilometres of river, creating a mist rising into the sky along the Argentine and Brazilian border. It's easy for tourists to cross the border and appreciate the view from both countries. National parks on either side offer spectacular views and access to the walkways deep within the jungle. The wealthy can even organise helicopter rides along the river. Ooh, the wealthy. Surprisingly, however, the falls have been known to cease flowing in dry weather. Well, It has a height of 82 metres, so it's taller than a glacier, but not as tall as the Aurora Borealis. That seems kind Mm. of like... Um, so okay, do I, do I yes. carry on a roll? Oh, this I could go for a whitewash here. So uh, I'm going to choose something that's the polar opposite of the Northern Lights, uh, which is the Great Barrier Reef, possibly the most beautiful place on Earth. Well, I've done a while I'm going Australian. Mm-hmm. The Great Barrier Reef is 2,060 kilometres ecosystem that can support a massive amount of life. 30 species of whale, 5,000 species of mollusk, and 15,000 species of fish <laughs> dwell amongst the tropical coral off the coast of northeast Australia. Just whales, mollusks, and some fish. Nothing yeah. else. <laughs> and for that uh, category, I'm going to choose kilometres from London. How many of those? This has a distance from London of 15,292 kilometres. That's an impressive one. Yeah. But I got the feeling now that that ain't as far as it was, because you're going to go like the Antarctic or something. <laughs> I, I have one that's incredibly close oh. that just comes underneath that one <laughs> because it's also Australia. Um, it, uh, do I want to go with that one? I'll go with that one. Um, it's a Loru, which is also known as Ayers Rock, uh-huh. uh, which is uh, 14,993 kilometres from London. Uh, so I'm going to save my other card. Your big card. Big card. <laughs> I have Mount Erebus. Okay. Do we know where Mount Erebus is located, anybody? I've got a feeling it's a bit further away than this Great Barrier Reef. 
Yeah. What's the only place that could really be further away from us than Australia? Antarctica. Yes, it is in Antarctica. Uh, <laughs> I knew this was going to happen. <laughs> the last place in the world that you would expect to find an active volcano is in the frozen wasteland of Antarctica. That exactly is where Mount Erebus is. Discovered by explorer James Clark Ross in 1841, Erebus has been continually erupting since 1972 and has a permanent lava lake within its summit. In 1974, a geological party from New Zealand descended into the crater and made camp, but were first to turn back as the temperatures rose and the mountain began to feel uneasy. That sounds like an exciting movie, that does. <laughs> yes. Starring The Rock. Yeah. <laughs> Jason Statham. Kilometres from London, 17,059. Yeah, I knew that was going to be. <laughs> right. So it all goes horribly wrong for me now, isn't it? I've got yes. a good start. <laughs> Alright. My card. Has a wonder rating of five. Okay. okay. Wherever you are on Earth, there are two constant presences. That's Joyce. That <laughs> <laughs> ghost has got to me. The sun and the moon. One simply needs to be looking to the sky and to be amazed. <laughs> the ghost of Joyce. This is making me imagine like. <laughs> The idea of people, like, every single day they see the moon, it's like, oh, it's the moon! Hi, <laughs> the moon! It's amazing. Our moon is a satellite with a diameter of 3,476 kilometres that orbits us as we orbit the sun. Man's greatest journey and possibly our finest moment was the moon landing of 1969 when the spacecraft Apollo 11 set down on the lunar surface. Although the moon's geology is less diverse than Earth's, it is far from featureless and there are mountain ranges, seas, though they are dry, and craters that mankind has studied and named. Wonder rating of five. And it has a nice picture of birdies flying past the moon. That's kind of cool. Can you beat the moon, gentlemen? You want the moon on a stick. That's what you want. The moon on a stick. So it's the wonder rating we're going for. Wonder of five, yes. Yeah, there is no way I can beat that with any of these. Um, None of these are as impressive as the moon. (laughs) (laughs) The moon. Um, I think I will burn one and I will go with the Nile. (laughs) It's another the, so let's go with it. Uh, Which is a wonder rating of three. Uh, the longest river in the world, essential to Egyptian culture. Uh, Isn't the Amazon longer? I don't. Ah, uh, this is one of those yeah. great conundrums. You see, I think it depends on how you're measuring it and what you're including on it. I think we need a journey to the Nile, maybe to find some jewels. Wow. Maybe with Danny DeVito, <laughs> <laughs> Kathleen Turner, and Kirk. Du- uh, not Kirk. <laughs> Douglas, gosh. Well, Take Kirk as well. That's fine. Looks- <laughs> Just sitting in the back of my yeah. face. <laughs> Where are we going? I want my pudding. <laughs> Have you seen? He looks like he looks like uh, the Grand Nagus now. He's <laughs> an amazing man. Um, right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of lose a card as well. But I feel like we've been severely educated on this yes. set of top trumps. I'm I'm well impressed. I am going to uh, use the giant sequoia. Mm. Uh, which you will all know is the largest species of tree and can only be found in California's Sequoia National Park, mm-hmm. which quite conveniently they named after the trees that grow there. Is that the redwood or is that a separate tree species? Uh, I think they're the same thing. Because there's one of those in Birmingham Botanical Garden, so that's a lie. <laughs> 
well, maybe they found it in the Sequoia <laughs> National Park and shipped it. I think that's what happened. I don't think it grew naturally in Birmingham's that, that would be impressive. botanical gardens. Just one natural Sequoia tree. So, they built the gardens yeah. around it. Uh, just, yeah, California, it's, I didn't fancy it, like, so I've, I've come to Birmingham. It's like the Deku tree in Legend of Zelda. Yeah. People in Birmingham go up to it and ask it for quests. <laughs> the largest tree stands a proud 84 metres high and has a massive circumference of 31 metres. The Sequoia seeds spreads through cones. Really good job, guys. Requires sparse ground and full sunlight to grow. However, the forest floor is a dense, moist carpet of vegetation. Therefore, periodic fires controlled by the National Park Service are created, and as well as clearing the floor of competing woodland, the hot air encourages the cones to dry out and release the seeds. Uh, That has a wonder... I mean, you'd think the wonder rating was going to be pretty high based on that, but it was only two. That's it's my turn to pick again. I'm going to go with hostility rating. And I have the Sahara Desert. Mm-hmm. Okay. The sprawling Sahara Desert covers a part of northern Africa and is almost the same size as the USA. Almost. The very mention of the desert brings to mind endless sand dunes, barren wastelands and nomadic tribes. Camels. Miss Camels. Mm-hmm. Hostility rating of 84 well, <laughs> that's a good well. I can beat that. <laughs> With the Dead Sea. Um, which is uh, one of the saltiest bodies of water on Earth, which means he's constantly mad online. No, Philip Ellis's Twitter feed. <laughs> <laughs> Instagram stories. Um, where are we? It's, uh, it's got a hostility rating of 91. That's very hostile. So yeah, I'm, oh man, this is this is tricky now. This is tricky. I'm in a bit of a conundrum. So I'm going to uh, choose to use the Great Rift Valley, uh, which is a vast geological feature known as the Great Rift Valley, which runs from northern Syria to Mozambique via Ethiopia. Of course, sounds like the number. Like a bus route. Sounds, like, <laughs> sounds like the number eleven. It's going, it's going to Harborn via Selyuk, um, Kenya, and Taz and Tanzania. Over 5,000 kilometres, the sheer scale of the landscape is hard to comprehend and it's rich in wildlife and civilization. The valley was formed by activity between tectonic plates 35 million years ago and the ongoing separation of the East African landscape. One day, many years in the future, East Africa is likely to be a separate landmass and the valley will become cliff faces upon a shore. It's very lyrical. I like that. Uh, that's got a hostility rating of 12 which seems a little low for something that's going to eventually become a gaping hole. <laughs> that's a Lee to pick okay. the final category. Well, I have the uh, Goylin Caves. It's a Chinese name. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's a city of surprises. No, it's caves. Um, I'm trying to see what it says. I'm trying to pick out some of the highlights of it. Most of it's just that it's... It's a cave. It's, it's a cave. <laughs> it's a cave. Um, I'm going to go with its uh, kilometres from London, which is 9,101. Keith is London. <laughs> no, I can't, I can't beat that. I was holding out this card in hope of its hostility rating being picked, but I've got the Matterhorn, uh, which, interestingly mm. enough, has two flags at the top. Most of the cards have had flags to say mm. where they are. This one's got Switzerland and uh, somewhere else, which I'm not sure which flag that is. Yeah, the um, the Mont Blanc flag uh, card had the same. Yeah, Mont Blanc Falls had both the Argentinian and Brazilian Mm -hmm. flags as well. 
Well, this, it's, yeah, Italy is the other flag, actually. The Alps were formed about 180 million years ago when the tectonic plate of Africa collided with southern Europe. The Earth's crust buckled and the Alps were would that now straddle France, Italy, and straddled Guy of the <laughs> I love how he's still technically here by in spirit. Yeah, every time we use a word that like, can be used. Uh, so Italy, Switzerland, and France. Although not the highest mountains in the range, not, although not the highest mountain in the range, the Matterhorn is surely the most breathtaking. So it's a good picture. Uh, which also features the moon, um, which is trying to get in on the Matterhorn action. Um, <laughs> it's it, looming over it with its mouth. It's going, oh, look, I'm the moon. I'm nicer <laughs> than the Matterhorn. see me from everywhere in the world. Yeah. But the Matterhorn, unfortunately, being located in Europe, that's the uh, landmass across the English Channel, for those of you who are, who are interested in things about Europe, in Europe, the, which is France, Italy. the continent that Italy, we are actually part of? The continent to which we are connected by yes. tectonic uh, plates. And, and a landmass. Yeah, and a tunnel, and <laughs> and aeroplanes, and boats, um, boats and trains you know, as well. You can you can run it, swim it, and then cycle it. Uh, that's got a kilometres from London of only eight hundred and forty. I can beat you both with my final card. It is the Bungle Bungles, and not him from Rainbow, <laughs> <laughs> which is Penululu National Park. Penululu, Penululu. It's Penululu. Panunulu. It's pop up popping Panunulu. Yeah, that looks like a, a, a squeezy cheese <laughs> brand. National Park is a true wilderness. A three-hour drive from the nearest town, there is no accommodation and few facilities as visitors must camp for several days. They're really selling it. It is essential that enough food and water is carried on any trip. The area is rich in Avalon Arch and heritage. Right, somebody is really selling helicopter tools for these towers. <laughs> They're wealthy and don't use helicopters. The best way to appreciate the Bungle Bunkles is via a helicopter tour. <laughs> Where Which we've established already is only for the wealthy. <laughs> Where one can see the distinctive striped columns. The orange areas have a high iron content, whilst the darker stripes absorb more water, leading to the growth of algae and a black colouring. And they are 14,150 kilometres from London. I want to know how far... Planet Earth is from, from London. Planet Earth. <laughs> oh, okay. Wait, wait, wait. I'm hoping it's zero. It says not applicable. Okay. Uh, on that, which is Shall quite we go useful. for the remaining cards? So we have the Giant's Causeway. Cool. Like it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which has Finn McCool and a giant built on walkway from Scotland so he could fight the, his enemy, Finn Gal. I'm, I'm not sure you're going to win on many categories yes. for that. Uh, Kiluia, which is a Hawaiian island which sits above the hot. Spot on the Earth's mantle. Is that not what you add to vodka and milk to make a white Russian? Um, we have Old Faithful, oh, which is erupting one. majestically on the card. <laughs> <laughs> we have Lake Baikal, which is the Lake Baikal is immense depth of 1,637 meters and contains 20% of the world's fresh water. Wow. Uh, we have the Amazonia. Which is all of the Amazon rainforest and the river. Uh, I was saying, I thought you were going to tell me that I could uh, get prime delivery on it. (laughs) As well as humans, the rainforest is home to nearly 3 million species of insects and 40,000 types of plant. Therefore, humans, plants and insects only at the Amazon. Like the the Great Barrier Reef with whales and mollusks. Mount Fuji. Oh, we like Mount Fuji. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have Death Valley, which has a hostility rating of 97. I think that's the most hostile. (sighs) Yeah, pretty. Mount Vesuvius, which has a hostility rating of 95, or if you're from Pompeii, 
probably slightly more. Yeah. Yeah. Who had the moon? I would have thought I the moon, the moon. Was, was a was a pretty hostile environment, yes. especially if it's a Zelda game. Yeah. <laughs> Grand Canyon, uh, Niagara Falls, the Gobi Desert, and yeah, somebody else can try and pronounce that one. Oh. I don't even know what the picture is. The uh, Gorongoro Crater. Ah, yeah, I know that one. Yeah. And the moon had a hostility rating of 100. Well, I thought An so. accessibility rating of 1. It's very game. It's tricky. <laughs> I do like the fact that actually all the cards, for me, I kind of thought, thought next to the name, there's like a little circle. Yeah. Is it, are you supposed to like tick them off when you've been to them? I'm assuming it's so. It's like, I've been... Because who's going to tick off the one to the moon? <laughs> really? It's like... I shall take my helicopter to you know, the moon, Keith. I can quite happily tick off planet Earth. I've been there. As a wealthy individual, Keith, I will be taking my <laughs> helicopter to the you, moon. You'll, ha- you'll have Buzz Aldrin ticking off the moon and then some conspiracy theorists will be like, Oi, no. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> you stayed up. You didn't go down. Um, I will point out on the back uh, where they've got like... If you put all the cards together, you can build a map of the world. Yeah. I've got the key for the map on one, the back of one of mine. And it's got, it mentions that apparently it has the top Trump's HQ on the map. <laughs> Does it? We, we will need to put these cards together. Or we, should, we should do the map. I, I thought that's the best pack of Trump Trump's we've had in a long time. I, th- I think I, I, I would agree with you. I was thoroughly entertained yes. by that pack. I mean, there, there were some good cards in there. I mean, the moon is definitely <laughs> the winner of all cards. <laughs> the moon. I thought the planet Earth was going to be it, but the moon just tops it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm quite sad the sun isn't here. Yeah, I was going to say, the... why isn't the sun here? Yeah, it'll be like, what was it, Yu-Gi-Oh? <laughs> when like, they revealed the final card. Like, uh, yes, kilometres from London, here you go. I've got the sun. I summon red eyes, blue dragon. <laughs> Whatever it is. What's going on? It's geeky going, son. It is time for your week in Geek and What's Going On in the Local Area, but of course, before all of that, I shall hand over to Miss Keith Newfield for Comic of the Week. Which I am going to keep to just one. Uh, it's, com- it's a comic I've mentioned uh, in, our, in the past uh, in reference to things that are coming out, and it finally comes out this Wednesday, February the 13th, and it is from Wonder Comics, uh, an imprint of DC. Um, which is being overlooked by Michael Brian Bendis, and it's the actual first issue of Wonder Twins, mm-hmm. uh, which is coming from writer Mark Russell, who I like from his previous work on the Flintstones and Snagglepuss, mm-hmm. and artist Stephen Byrne, who's mm-hmm. done some great work, uh, Justice League and Power Rangers crossover, and has done a few uh, lovely Green Lantern stuff. Yeah, you should really check out his Twitter post. Oh yeah, his Twitter feed is uh, stunning. He posts stuff up there. Uh, but this is kind of the next in the Wonder Comics um, sequence. We've already had Young Justice and Naomi, but this is the one I'm interested in the most, which is the Wonder Twins, um, which has a long, long, long and complicated history. Uh, and from the publisher it says, Exiled from their home planet, alien heroes Zan and Yana must navigate life as teens on Earth at South Metropolis High School where they're even bigger outsiders than the typical awkward young adults. Under the watchful eye of Superman, the brother and sister pull monitor duty at the Hall of Justice as intern, while also trying to overcome the pitfalls of Zahn's brash confidence and Gianna's shy but streetwise persona. If you think you know the Wonder Twins, think again. This book takes the form of the unexpected. And also the space chimpanzees in it. So if you needed anything else to sell that book to space you, chimps. it's space wasn't, space chimps. Wasn't there a movie about space chimps? Yeah, but that was like they weren't alien. 
So this is this is more kind of like oh, proper alien space chimps. This is an alien chimp. I was thinking yeah. it was called chimps in space, but I think I may have confused it with pigs in space. <laughs> <laughs> Lee, over to you for Video Game of the Week, which Jane. is not from a manga slash anime production house. Yes, <laughs> it is um, a indie game mm-hmm. this week called uh, East Shade, uh, which is uh, it's basically an exploration game. You play a travelling painter, so you interact with the world by painting objects, and you can. Yeah, I've seen this mm-hmm. one. I think it's a British indie game, isn't it? I think it? so. Yes, isn't it, isn't it based on an artist, a real life mm-hmm. artist? Yeah, I think story? according to this, it says that um, it's the main guy behind it used to work as a 3D environment artist for AAA games, and mm-hmm. he left to make a much more relaxed, more chilled out game. Yeah, because I think he's invented new technology for mm-hmm. the way that the, yep. this game is being produced because it's kind of like it looks like paint on the screen it does it looks very um looks very artistic it kind of visually reminds me of mist a little bit you can kind of see like but obviously much more high definition (laughs) and much more uh, and actually interactive and actually interactive (laughs) and and it isn't just a series of screens it's actually (laughs) a world that you can explore yeah but yeah i think there's like the motion it looks amazing because basically mm -hmm. the scene gets remade as they walk yeah that's the it looks stunning. It, it looks really, really good. So that will be my game of the week. It is on PC, and it also comes out on February the thirteenth. On at the Mockingbird Cinema and Kitchen, we have two dates for a screening of a film with both Corys in it. Heyman Feldman, it's The Lost Boys. Ah, uh, yes, yes. So eighties classic movie. If you've not seen it, really check it out. Um, you've got what's his face. Kiefer Sutherland. In from 24. <laughs> Kiefer Sutherland. The replacement uh, Solid Snake. Yes. The geezer who wasn't quite as good as Keanu Reeves, is he in it? Ted. Uh, yeah, Ted. Yeah. Theodore Logan. <laughs> isn't it? Uh, on at the Electric for their Valentine's season, Thursday the 14th of February, the 30th anniversary screening of When Harry Met Sally. Mm. Classic New York love story. Uh, on Friday the 15th of February is Dirty Dancing. Um, from Friday the 15th of February as well not related to the EastEnders If Beale Street Could Talk which is Barry Jenkins follows Best Picture Oscar winner Moonlight with a beautiful film adaptation of James Baldwin's passionate, timeless and moving love story which doesn't involve EastEnders yeah Just like, I've heard very very good things about uh, yes. If Beale Street Could Talk uh, Saturday the 16th of February Keith will be on the front row it is Valentine's at Electric Scott Pilgrim versus the world Ooh. well yes so Keith I would also be on the front row as well. <laughs> yeah. yes and for the 85th anniversary as well on Sunday the 17th of February is the screening of It Happened One Night capturing Clark Gable and Frank Capra at their finest It Happens One Night remains unsurpassed by countless romantic comedies it is inspired Good film. Mm-hmm. Very good selection. On at the Mac, there with me corner. Tuesday the twelfth of February, it's Mary Queen of Scots with afternoon tea. <laughs> two two things there. I'm kind of mm. a bit. We, oh, didn't we discuss Mary Queen of Scots and we kind of agreed that it wasn't very good. Well, <laughs> it's a costume movie. The, the two people who aren't here agreed that it wasn't very good. <laughs> it's a costume movie with afternoon tea included for twenty two pounds fifty, and it's it stars Margot Robbie. Yeah, Keith's not in actress. not in fishnets and uh, <laughs> what's it? Yeah. And that would make for an interesting version of the film. And Saroy's Runen or Shroy's or oh. how do you say it again? I did listen back to the podcast and, and I've I already forgotten the spelling. <laughs> I still don't remember how to say it. But watch it anyway; it's very good. Uh, on at the town hall and symphony hall. 
coming up very soon, a certain fat man who takes on Batman will be recording the podcast. Oh, yeah. I... So, Kevin Smith and Ralph Garman will be bringing Hollywood Babylon, Babylon in the UK tour, which is Saturday the 11th of May at 7.30pm, ticket starts from £35.50. So, US writer, director, adca, actor and podcaster Kevin Smith is the description here, alongside fellow actor Ralph Garman are heading back to the UK for one month for their legendary weekly podcast, Hollywood Babylon. It'll be recorded live in front of a studio audience, or theatre audience, not a studio audience. That would make more sense, wouldn't it? <laughs> These shows will see Smith and Garman take a look back at the week's biggest entertainment stories from the US and beyond. Uh, with over 340 episodes released since its launch in 2012, Hollywood Babylon quickly became a podcast sensation with its math- mammoth following. It's been named by iTunes as one of the bed pod- best podcasts of the year and regularly appears in the top 20 rated podcasts. Mm-hmm. Worth checking that out. And I have one final event for you, also at the Mac of Birmingham on Thursday the 14th of February for their anti-Valentine's Day Galentine's Day celebration Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion Okay So Valentine's Day is so over this year the Mac is all about Galentine's Day Get worrying about you whether you've got a significant overrun spend February the 14th celebrate with your gal pals with a screening of the cold 90s favourite Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion starring Mira Sorvino and Lisa Goodrum Who you may know from Friends Oh, actually, I do have one more. Also, on Thursday, the fourteenth of February, at the Mac, Love Sucks Anti Valentine's Party with Fatal Attraction. Yeah, mm. for those who like their bunnies boiled, mm. not roasted. Oh man, that is that's not right. That is not right. I know you have problems with Watership Down, but God, blimey! I was going to say another word. <laughs> refers to a different kind of rabbit. And that is your weekend geek. Thank you for joining us on the Geeky Brummy Show this week. Lee, where can we find you online? You can find me on Twitter at the Cheap Ferret and on YouTube at uh, Bob the Pet Ferret. Keith, where can we find you online? You can find me on Planet Earth, courtesy <laughs> of uh, Twitter's at hardlook underscore hotel and other virtual spaces without the underscore. And you can find me in my virtual space helicopter on the moon <laughs> at Ryan Parrish on Twitter. And you can find us all at Geeky Brimmy on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, geekybrimmy.com. Don't forget to check out Keith's Comics of the Week selection. And don't forget to get check out Lee's video game of the week Keith you're looking puzzled it's easily done (laughs) (laughs) thank you for listening to our podcast if you'd like to support Geeky Brummy you can help support us at Kofi that's K-O hyphen F-I dot com slash Geeky Brummy that's Brummy with an I-E thanks for listening your support would be greatly appreciated thank you